0: And we're recording, and we're live in the rant, and
1: hold on, we're getting
0: there. We're getting Wait, there. We're take as as the the bo- the, the group uh, uh, Boston would say, we're taking our time. We're just moving on. You'll forget about me after I've been gone. You sound like a dick. Uh, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin took his video off cause his computer's gonna fry him. So, we all have shirts with funny sayings on them tonight. Is that the theme we're going for? Funny sayings? Funny sayings, Tony? All right, Tony's. Now trying. this
1: fucking thing ain't working.
0: Oh, Tony's full of anger and rage. Who can stop the path of rage?
1: We fucking. No.
0: Take your time, take a deep breath. It's fine. I can 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 spitball. I'm
1: restarting OBS real quick. All
0: right. Tony Z's restarting OBS. We're trying to go onto the Facebook Live tonight, folks. If you're listening to this in podcast form, this pertains zero to you. But I already hit the record button, and I am not going back and starting over. And we're live on the rant, rant EM radio. If you're not listening to us every Monday night, you should be. It'll make your life that much better. We got a humdinger of a show tonight. We got tons of wrestling talk. Tons. We got AEW. We got NXT Halloween Havoc.
1: Didn't work again.
0: We got the UWN. Tony watched the UWN. I literally U-W-N. watched like everything. Kevin literally watched everything. You can hear Kevin. I don't know why I repeated that. I'm sorry, Kevin. And we have two guests. All right. This is
2: really frustrating.
0: Well, every everybody seems a little frustrated tonight. Tony's going to have a coronary. Kevin's just hoping he doesn't light himself on fire over there. I found the inappropriate bell when I was cleaning up my upstairs office today. So now I have a bell. Chris Levine, he joins us at 745. He's a referee in the wrestling world. Uh, Lucky 13. He joins us at 8.45. He was at the H2O show this weekend. He was in the Danny Havoc tournament. He'll be in the Nick Gage Invitational this coming weekend down in Atlantic City. Deathmatch wrestler. Great guy. Tag team partner of a very professional wrestler. A very good professional wrestler. Excuse me. Uh, he'll be joining us tonight. Plus, Lucky uh,
1: 13 and Chris Levin, right?
0: Yes. Yes, Tony yes. speaks. Tony's, Tony's back.
1: Because we are live, I think. Maybe, 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 maybe. Yes, we are live on the Faccia de Libre, the Facebook.
0: Wow. Look at the, is that, is that. Well, we're
1: live. I mean, Kevin's just kind of somewhere, I guess, maybe.
0: Is that Italian?
2: I'm, he- I'm here, just annoyed.
1: Kevin's here and he's annoyed. Do-da, It's time for us to start the show. Oh, the do-da day. Oh, I should I play the music at that point?
0: What? I did the, yeah, I did the whole intro before.
1: Okay. Boy. Next on the Shining Wizards. Following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on rantiumradio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at shiningwizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Get our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Shop at Amazon at amazon.shiningwizards.com. Become a patron at patreon.com/wizardspodcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. <laughs>
3: What's up, everyone? This is the Shining Von and you're listening to
0: the Shining Wizard Podcast.
4: What's up, fuckers?
0: I have a small dick.
1: Whoa! How dare you? God, dick! Ladies and gentlemen, the Shining Wizards. I guess I had my microphone on the whole time. Welcome, everyone, to episode 505 of the Shiny Winds Wrestling Podcast, where, of course,
0: it's wrestling talk. And talk about wrestling. I like 505. You couldn't say 505? There's the cat.
1: Yeah, why? I can't be literal, Tony? Like, you're going to pick on me already? We haven't even started the show, and I'm picking my nose, and you're picking on me, and I guess that's the way it's going to be tonight.
0: How is that different than any other show that we do?
1: I don't know. Tony! Matt! I think Kevin hurt himself.
0: Oh no. Does he still no his mic is still muted. He's very frustrated with the uh with the his MacBook, the MacBook well, situation.
1: I, I, I don't understand how that fell apart. Like how does that happen? It's just uh, a weird
0: thing. You know, technology man, twenty twenty. It's running wild on you, brother, dude.
1: Awesome. Thank you to everyone for joining us tonight on the rant ranty Thank you for joining us on the Facebook live, a first endeavor for us. And uh, you just got a peek at Nellie's asshole. So cat ass will be your friend tonight. Don't run away from it. It's a good hey, time.
0: You leave Nellie alone, man. She didn't do nothing to nobody.
1: Nellie's always presenting herself to us. I feel like we have to acknowledge it periodically. No.
0: Yeah. Well, now that you're on Facebook and not the hot mic, you can't put a cat's butthole on the screen every time she comes up here.
1: Well, I can. I mean, is is that inappropriate? Are we going to get banned for cat butts? Oh, I, I see it. It's
0: up there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My man, with the cat butthole, that's what I'm talking about.
1: My man. <laughs> I don't know why, but our names are popping up on the side. This thing is all over the place. They, look at this. Every time I click on something, it's like moving this banner over. Yeah, just on, don't
0: click it. on anything, man. Just leave it alone. Facebook seems a bit archaic, though
1: archaic
0: yeah i don't know man i'm not into the facebook anymore i don't know necessarily why i have a facebook um i usually used to use the excuse it was for the podcast Uh, although i did secure my special guest for the anniversary show through facebook so i can't totally shit all over facebook
1: you're already booked.
0: I am a ninja bitch. I told you I had nothing to do Thursday at work. I had my laptop. It was raining. There's nothing to do. So I got jumped into action. Hoo-ah, hoo-ah, hoo-ah,
1: hoo-ah. Well, I told you I already I already reached out to long shot number one. Long shot number two is gonna be coming tomorrow, but uh sorta of can't access Twitter for another six hours.
0: Coming. Coming. Why would you do? You get banned on Twitter?
1: I suggested that somebody get shot in the legs rather than shot in the chest, as, you know, like uh, our our presidential candidate Joe Biden suggested. And I got banned for it. I don't know oh, why.
0: Jesus Christ. What's, you know, this is not we're not going down this rabbit hole because people No, we're not. People don't not. listen to this show for that shit. OK, well, you asked me
1: why I got banned. So I, just, I know
0: I sh- you should know better. What's wrong with you? You fall into What's these.
1: It? You fall into I these traps all the time. Politician. It's not like I was some threatening to shoot someone myself no,
0: but you you get it you get all like with the wrestling facebook groups you get all fucking anged up and you're all riled up about wrestling facebook groups now you're going on twitter doing it you, you got to relax bro you got to relax
1: I, I do tend to get a little worked up but i got to tell you this with election day tomorrow i pulled this bad boy out of the closet from 4 years ago oh. God damn, Jim Cornette the fucking president of wrestling, motherfucker. Vote oh. for me, you son of a bitch. Double cheeseburgers for everybody. Fuck Trump. Fuck Biden. I'm the fucking president, motherfucker.
0: Are you now? That's right. God damn. Even though you tried to cheat at the the, the election. I don't cheat at nothing. No, you definitely fucking, got caught cheating. There's nothing we were... on my
1: tennis racket, motherfucker. Beautiful you... Bobby didn't need a fucking weapon. He's a fucking tag team specialist. Stan Lane's a handsome motherfucker, motherfucker. And Kevin is still not here with us.
0: No, he's his microphone is muted. He's trying to figure out how he can be a part of the show without his computer catching fire and perhaps his basement. So he's a little preoccupied. But well, that doesn't if mean his, that doesn't mean, his, look key will be the first one to tell you technology is not a strong suit. So this is very frustrating for Kevin and he paid good money for his laptop. So I understand I've been there. Look, I smashed a heart rate monitor and I don't even know if I paid good money for it. I just smashed it. Cause I'm a fucking psychopath. I don't know if Kevin has the psychopath gene, but, uh, I get it. I understand his frustration. How many times have I told you uh I'm gonna throw this fucking sound soundboard in the middle of the fucking street?
1: Uh soundboard, laptop, microphone, mic stand, headphones. I it's, mean you've
0: run gamut. To be fair, it's been a while it's been a, it's been a it's been a pretty long time.
1: You know it has been because you got yourself some good equipment and you've always got me to help you out. So that no, is No, wait, 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 I got I gotta rewind that though. It hasn't been a long time for other things because I seem to remember a, a heart monitor wound up in the middle of your fucking street not too long ago. So you're not completely cured of your of your societal ills and destroying your own property. But, I never
0: said I was perfect.
1: No, I I'm just saying you're getting better, but you I, still have I, a you still have a snafu every now and again.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm working on it though. I feel bad. I my big giant head and body is in the way. I rearrange my. I moved some action figures this afternoon. I cleaned and moved some things around. So all my Hasbros are now behind me. But you can't no, see it. No, look,
1: it looks like you straightened up a bit. I like it.
0: I did. I, we got this wonderful desk over here. I put it together, it's all in one piece. I didn't break anything. And now the TV is not on the floor. So it's coming together. We got a giant couch for the sun porch. So I just created a whole other room for my house where I can hang out. That's awesome. Kevin, you look like you've had a long day on the uh, Alaskan Sea trying to catch some fish. <laughs> yeah, turn your mic on, <laughs> Kevin. No, Kevin, do you turn the mic on? Unmute. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, Matt, I was fishing on the Alaskan Sea. They filmed it for the Discovery Channel, filming for Kraken and Marlin. And sea bass and trout and sunfish and starfish
0: and shut the fuck up fish. I feel like you're transforming into like a longshoreman.
2: Listen, I don't know what I'm transforming into something. I don't know what the heck it is. Just fucking rough, rough day, man. Fucking bullshit. So, what's up with you guys? Do you guys do any fishing lately?
0: No, no, no fishing. I, um, let's see. I had to go out in the wind today and put the tarp back on the broken shed ah so that was fun and then i was just telling tony i don't know if you heard i put the Hasbro- Matt hardy there no i put the hat the hasbros are now behind me in this room
2: ah look at you doing some rearranging
0: i did and i may be a tad bit distracted at some point i entered this mega raffle online today uh don't roll your eyes okay it was supposed to be <laughs> Am i might not
2: have an- i might not have enough battery to last a half an episode and, and Matt entered a raffle. It's going to be Tony talking to our guest by himself. No,
0: no, no. You'll be good. But when they, it, they opened it yesterday. And for, you can get a choice of many things. But the first choice is uh, Evil Crush Mint on Card and a loose Series 11 set. So I am all in on this. They just filled it like an hour ago. So now I'm just waiting for them to run it. So they might run it during the show. They might not run it during the show. How much was, how much was the entry? $10 an entry. How How many? many, How how many did you buy? I brought ten.
2: So you dropped a hundo on a chance to win a green card crush
0: and the whole loose series eleven set.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Series eleven is. Hold on, one second. That's the green card information right here.
0: Hold on.
2: (laughs) Series eleven would be. Series eleven is green card. Wow. Yes. So you're going for the whole green card, atom bomb. Yoko, white and black, one two three kid, Ludwig Borga, and the Smoking Guns.
0: Yes, and that would be a huge haul
2: for they're... a Hundo. Absolutely, that's like a, have... that's like that's like two grand right there at yeah. least. And then Dude, I,
0: would, I would have doubles of the Smoking Guns, doubles of Atom Bomb, and doubles of the One Two Three Kid.
2: The price of Hasbro's have gone up. The prices for all figures in general have skyrocketed during quarantine, and have skyrocketed especially over. Uh, the last few months, like when you could get like a, a loose or even a mint on card, one, two, three kid for like, I don't know, maybe like two to three hundred dollars or somewhere in that, that one ninety five to two fifty range now is like four to six. And like probably like twelve hundred for a mint on card.
0: Uh, yeah, don't get me started on the AEW chase figures because I, I, I can't. I can't. You got to move to
2: North Carolina, man. They're all
0: over the place. These fucking shitty Walmarts around me. And, hey, I got newsflash, people. When they open a mega Walmart near you, all right, it's a fucking Walmart with a grocery store in it. There's nothing different about it. Don't wait in line all night like some fucking redneck idiot, all right? It's a fucking Walmart oh. with a supermarket in it. That's it. There's nothing else spectacular about it. That's pretty spectacular. They have yes. all over the place in fucking Florida, all right?
2: Well, this all right. Is- well Some
0: people aren't used to it.
1: Why are you so bitchy tonight? What, what happened to you? Because you he's in a raffle,
2: Tony.
0: He ain't winning
1: shit. I don't like your fucking attitude. I don't like the fact that you're dropping a hundo on the fact that you're going to be a fucking loser.
0: Oh. why I dropped a hundo yesterday on football games. And you lost? Um, yes.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: I lost my 14 parlay. I won on my uh, any dolphin will, will score a touchdown because their defense scored so I won like 100 bucks there and then wait, wait wait
2: wait you bet that any dolphin would or would like
0: would any dolphin would score a touchdown so there's player props on on draft So game. the
2: dolphins just had to score a touchdown
0: no there's certain there's like a set the player props have like 10 players that can score a touchdown and you can bet on that and then you can bet any other dolphin oh. so I bet on that and the defense scored a touchdown so I won big there so you bet the
2: field as opposed to the, any of the 10 players exactly
0: uh, and then the yeah. the Chargers defense fucked me last night, so that's where I am today. Yeah, they did.
2: I can only imagine what you had on that game, but the Chargers uh, – Yeah, I didn't Chargers have – I put a, 50,
0: I've put a $50 bet on a fourteen parlay. that would have paid out like $300, so I was kind of bummed about that.
2: And then the breaks, my man.
0: That, those are the breaks. For the reason. So, Kevin, you said you watched everything this week. Tony, you watched – what did you watch, Tony, in your fucking misery of life that you live in?
1: I don't even think I watched half of AEW this week, but I did watch United Wrestling Network. And the only thing, I mean, there's, there's plenty of stuff on that show, but the one thing to talk about, match of the week. It's on lockdown. Serena Deeb challenges Thunder Rosa once again for the NWA World's Women's Championship. And I'm telling you, if you like the AEW match, this one blew it out of the water. This was amazing, top to bottom, the moves, the counters, the storytelling, and surprise surprise we crowned a brand new nwa world's women's champion surprise the shit out of me and a lot of people serena deeb besting thunder rosa you, the two qu- two, defending the title on aew dynamite two
2: questions t dunk why did they make that change and did you get a haircut
1: uh second question first yes thank you for noticing and right. question second there was rumors going around that Thunder Rosa was going to be signing with someone else, maybe WWE, maybe AEW. But
2: maybe, Ted, maybe Teddy Long's SWE.
1: Holla, player. Holla, holla. He actually, uh, actually, my good buddy WPC came out and said, no, she's still with us through 2021. So, uh, yeah, the NW, she's still got the NWA home. Yeah, WPC, William Patrick Corrigan, my buddy Billy, Billy C.
0: Who's you know, First of all, who's William Pat- Patrick Corrigan?
1: And Corrigan. second of all, Corrigan. Yes.
0: Oh, Corrigan. Yeah. I think Kevin and me are both in the same boat. Go ahead, Kevin. Second of all, are you, are
1: you name dropping on me right now? Hey, listen, me and WPC go way back. Are you really doing this right now? Yeah. Taking taking
2: everything that I've built my brand on. You're just oh, going to go ahead and do brand it. Brand on WPC. If I okay. built my brand on name dropping. Get out of here. I'm the name dropper, baby. And that's uh, probably not what Matt had in mind. So Matt, go ahead with what no, you no, are.
0: I would- I was going to say Tony at Friends, but, you yeah, know, same boat.
2: No, oh, same thing. Yeah, T-Dunk, you got Friends?
0: Don't. T- look, there's no need to be. What's with the anger, Tony? All right, you going to be WPC name dropping? You know, at least Kevin name drops and Brian Myers does our show. I don't see no fucking Billy Corgan, William Patrick Corgan, whatever the fuck you want to call him. I don't see him doing the show with us. Do you, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Do you see the old guy from Smashing Pumpkins?
2: I do Let's see. Macho Man, Nigel McGinnis. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Samoa Joe. Nope, no WPC.
0: Tony, you got a WPC over there?
2: Samoa
1: Joe never did our show anyway. I don't know why you name dropping him.
0: Well, either ah, because, because the, I saw him. Either did the Macho Man. Neither did. Uh, yeah, that's a good point.
2: Kevin I Steen. I think he did. Oh,
0: DiBiase did.
1: DiBiase did. Kevin Steen's been on the show.
0: He was of on our show.
1: Kevin interviewed him.
0: That sure did. You know who else was on the show? Oh, who Oh Tracy Smothers was on the show Yeah ah. Let's get it out of the way now We got a full show but I feel like if we get the ball rolling And we don't talk a little bit about Tracy Smothers Then it's just going to be something at the end of the night When we're reminiscing on this wonderful show We go oh fuck we didn't talk about Tracy Smothers I agree So Wednesday the bad news came down That Tracy Smothers passed away From the cancer I was 58 years old um, Real kick in the dick So young um, he, we was a uh, guest for Tony's birthday show oh, uh, yeah. And I want to say we talked about Wrestlemania with him
2: I, tried, I couldn't find the episode I was like digging deep I, I put in like Tracy's mother, Shining Wizards And I couldn't find it So
0: He,
1: he actually kept up on the current product Which surprised all of us Because yeah, we were actually talking to him About what was going on currently Including Wrestlemania Matt was right
0: well, Tony's birthday is right around WrestleMania, so that's how I I remember. Ah, uh. I mean he's a legend. Everyone had nothing but good things to say about him. I don't know if you can find anyone who posted anything negative. I don't think you've ever heard a negative story about Tracy Smothers. He wrestled a fucking bear for Christ's sake, a bear.
2: Yeah, and he put up a hell of a fight with the, uh, with the old sea uh, sea dog. So. He fought it for a while, but you know, sometimes you just can't beat that son of a bitch.
0: Do you guys have any favorite memories of the wild odd Southern boy?
2: God, it it sucks that I'm gonna say this, but like you know how like WCW cards and how like every pack has like somebody. Like every pack had like the Southern Boys in it. <laughs> and uh and every pack had had at least every other pack had a Tracy Smothers card. And so that's kind of when I first Uh, discovered uh, Tracy Smothers and the Southern Boys tag team. And then, of course, you know, God, Freddie Joe Floyd. (laughs) That's going to get... No one's going to remember Freddie Joe Floyd, but I remember Freddie Joe Floyd. And then, of course, course, the BWO and... uh, Not the BWO, the FBI. Wow, he had some good... I'm thinking of Blue Meanie's post because a lot of posts of Blue Meanie wrestling. uh,
4: From
1: Nashville, Italy. (laughs) Great. God Great. damn. If you know nothing else about Tracy Smothers' career, his time as as a member of the full-blooded Italians with Wildfire Tommy Rich of all people and Little Guido aka Nunzio aka Guido Maritato, fucking entertaining his shit and the dance-offs they would have, especially with people like the BWO, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Go so watch Tracy Smothers this week. Do yourself a favor, get educated.
0: Yeah, his yeah. uh that great American bash match uh against the Midnight Express, the the Southern boys against the Midnight Express is fucking amazing. It's on the you, network. You know, it's
2: it's funny. We just we just watched uh the Halloween Havoc episode or uh pay per view and that promo we didn't we play that promo.
0: Yeah, well, they wanted the- they wanted to challenge the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> God.
2: A legend legendary
1: oh, damn Tracy Smothers is a fucking
0: legend
2: he is a legend
0: so they started as the southern boys and then they became the young pistols young right? pistols
2: yeah I'm pretty sure it's the same I'm pretty sure both teams were the same guys yeah. Steve Armstrong and and Tracy's mothers I don't know why they changed or I don't know if it was the other way around because it seemed like the the southern boys were a, a heel tag team and I thought the young pistols were baby faces I could be way off on that but oh. it was—I don't know why they changed their name. To be honest with you, Matt. Yeah,
0: 1991, right before Wrestle War '91, they changed their name from the Southern Boys to the Young Pistols.
2: So maybe they went. Were they? I guess they were good guys then.
0: Uh, they were in a in a intense feud with the Blast the Master Blasters at the time. So.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Shit. Yikes. That, that was uh, <laughs> Al Green and uh, Kevin Nash, right?
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Come that's, on. That's Nelly. good stuff. What are you doing? Say hello to everyone on Facebook. Say hi, Facebook. Hi, Facebook. I love is... Freddie Joe Floyd, FYI.
2: I did, too. And actually, Steve Armstrong went there, too, as uh, what was his name there? We uh, talked about him Lance, recently. On the Lance cell, Cassidy. Like... Yeah, Lance Cassidy.
0: Um, Look at that. But, yeah, I think everyone will mostly remember him for his FBI run. Uh, he really fucking crushed it there, man. Crushed it. Uh, nothing was more uh, – of a heat magnet than him telling everyone that he was italian and he shut up shut up be a face with tommy rich and fucking little guido Um, were you
1: were you there that night when they un when uh tracy smothers unfurled the italian flag and it had tommy rich's face on it
0: no i was not i was not there
1: oh it was amazing super heat unbelievable the shit they did it's legendary unsung heroes of the tag team division in ecw which was flooded by the gangsters and and um and the eliminators and and uh oh god who is it the public enemy you had all these great teams and the fbi comes along and they were tag champs for a while in ecw good stuff good stuff
2: r to the i to the p to the f to the b to the I's. tracy smothers
0: and uh if you want to watch some Tracy Smothers promos, find uh him in S S M W when they were the Thugs. Uh it's Oh my f- god fucking awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh it was him and uh Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony. They were the thugs. Um fuck, what did thugs stand for?
1: T.L. Hopper. Uh, oh shit. Oh I my just, god. Uh I just saw the goddamn I s-
2: so did I. Uh who posted it? Somebody posted it today. It's something oh. like... Uh, oh, my God. This is... Cra- I, that's all I saw this weekend. Was that... Was that thing?
1: He ended it, and he's like, because thugs don't Cause know thugs how...
2: Because thugs can't... Yeah, thugs don't know how to spell. <laughs> or thug don't spell right, or something like that. Damn it. Oh, man, this is going to kill... Wow, we are... we are. That,
1: that's working on it. Type, 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 type. We take, are take, take,
2: dropping the ball here.
1: We're not dropping the ball. We're having some fun.
2: That's oh, oh Ter- yeah. Terrible...
0: Uh, T is, for terrible, is for the T is for terrible, H is for hell, U is for ugly, G is for
1: jail. You just talked all over Matt, Kev. Good job. Matt, say it again.
0: T is for terrible. I'm going for a third time. Third time is terrible. T is for terrible, H is for hell, U is for ugly, G is for jail, because a thug can't spell. Oh, <laughs>
4: Perfect. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of bright spots in SMW, but Tracy Smothers is one of them. Uh, I was watching some very old uh, interviews today with him uh, before his coal miners glove feud with Brian Lee with a very young uh, Tammy Sitch. Uh, It's quite entertaining. Uh, And it's funny to see all these guys in SMW and then where they go afterwards. uh, Some more successful than others. T.L. Hopper being not one of them. So, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that's it. You know, we could probably spend a whole show talking about Tracy Smothers, but we're not going to, uh, rest in peace, Tracy Smothers. Do yourself a favor. Watch some Tracy Smothers. I highly recommend the great American bash 1990 match and anything from SMW. And of course, as Tony and Kevin said, the ECW stuff, um, there's a lot of sneaky, good tag team matches on there with the FBI and the BWO or the FBI. And, uh, you know, Tajiri and super crazy Tajiri and Mikey, um, the Gangstas, Balls and Axel, lots of good sneaky tag teams in there, so it's a, it's a good watch. Now, Tony, you said before that you uh, that you thought mm. that Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb took the week. I think so, but you said I you think- didn't. You said you didn't watch much.
1: Uh yeah, that's true, but they took the week.
0: <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm have gonna to
2: disagree, th- my man.
0: I right. will as well. Okay, Kevin, I I bounce past to you. What do you say, sir?
2: Ooh, I got to go. I've got to go Io Shirai, Candice LeRae. Really? For the week, Stealer. And I'm probably forgetting something because I literally watched. I watched what I call the trifecta, the Triple Crown. I watched NXT, AEW, and Impact. Um, and not, well, no you- disrespect to the other shows. It's just the ones
0: that are the most easily accessible to me.
1: I heard Drago and Walter had a hell of a match too. Is that your pick?
0: That is. I watched that this afternoon. Holy. F- I have not watched a second of NXT UK. Cause I really, to be perfectly honest with you.
2: Yeah. We haven't talked. we haven't talked about it in like six or seven months, but I, we're, coming in, we're coming in hot with stealing the week. Well, they really
1: haven't done much in the past six or seven months, right?
2: Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just a weird, I, I, it's just a weird, uh, it's a weird avenue to run down here after we talk about all these other shows and all of a sudden they come in with the match of the
0: week. I'm telling you, go watch it. I haven't, been, they've been doing the heritage cup on NXT UK and uh, the Drago, he got a pinfall on Walter in a tag match. So they like really built us up. These two guys beat the ever living fucking piss out of each other. Drago's chest, like four minutes in was as red as my shirt. Uh, it was a fucking awesome, awesome match. Um So I I think that match stole the week. I didn't see Serena and uh, Thunder Rosa. I saw Serena and uh, the the little the little girl. Yeah, Layla Hirsch. The little girl on AEW Dynamite, and I enjoyed that. Um, I thought Shirai and Candice was good. I really liked the Rhea Ripley, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Is that her name, Raquel Gonzalez? Yeah. The the whole
2: Halloween Havoc show was a home run.
0: Uh, I could have done without (laughs) the uh, the Jake Atlas match. To be perfectly honest with you.
2: Well, I mean, you're not gonna. You, you got to put stuff in there. You know what I mean. You got to like. It, it's a two-hour show, and it's not a pay-per-view, so you got to throw the stuff in there. Jake Atlas has been working with the these guys for for a few weeks, and I like how uh, what's his nuts had the whole Mysterio uh, thing going on there. Escobar uh, paying tribute to Halloween Havoc of the past. Yeah, Santos Escobar. I think
0: that's his name. Tony, um, who advanced in that I, I really win. thought
2: the candles I listen, I love the whole the whole opening.
0: Yeah, the whole opening.
2: Did he freeze?
0: Are you frozen, Kevin?
2: <laughs> no, no, well you said well who advanced? You started talking about something else.
0: Yeah, but I cut you off, so I apologize. The whole opening, give it to me. Which with Shotzi? I love Shotzi Blackheart.
2: You said the big whole big fan of that. Big fan of that. And now I'm a I'm a big fan of Damian Priest. Now that opening with him was like WrestleMania esque opening, and he just sold it, and it was so good. And any time you had and you include like live music in somebody's entrance, it just means it means like so much more to me. And unfortunately, you know, he did end up losing to Johnny Gargano, which was also a tremendous, tremendous uh, fun Falls Count Anywhere match, Devil's Playground match, I believe it was called. So, uh, yeah, the whole Halloween Havoc show was great. So, Matt.
0: Now, Kevin, who did you think was in the Scream mask? Johnny Gargano. You thought Johnny Gargano was in the Scream mask?
2: That helped Candice LeRae get up to the top? No, that helped Johnny Gargano
0: beat Damian Priest.
2: Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. So it's the same person that helped. I I actually didn't even see that.
0: It was the ending to the match. He gave him the tombstone, and he busted it over Damian Priest's head.
2: I saw, yeah, okay, I didn't see that. I saw Johnny, De La- I must have missed it because I saw Johnny Gargano holding up the, the, the North American Championship. Uh, I must have missed that finish or, or something. Like so that. Johnny
1: Gargano's the new uh, North American Champion? Correct. Okay.
2: So, all right, so there's, there's now this, miss- there's a phantom. There's, a, there's a, a WCW phantom in NXT.
1: Ooh, it's Rick Rude. From the dead. Ooh, well, it's fucking Halloween Havoc. Ooh.
0: And Pete Dunne yeah, back fucking Diesel as fuck.
2: That was good, too. And, and let's not cut fucking McAfee short, man. What a promo. Second, he's two for two in promos.
0: I, don't, I still don't like him.
2: Well, if you
1: have fucking months at a time to fucking prepare your promos, I guess you'd be good at promos, too, right? I mean,
0: yeah, but if it's the only
2: two promos you've ever cut in your life, that's not bad. <sighs> Matt doesn't like the Pat McAfee.
0: I still don't like him. No. no fair
2: enough. Fuck He's him. tough to buy as a badass, but like now that's why I guess he surrounds himself with Birch and Lorkin, and now Pete Dunne, which actually kind of, they kind of bummed me out because I was pumped to see Pete Dunne back. And then like, ah, uh, the chair thing, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But I was like praying that it didn't happen. Then it happened. So you, were, you were not praying. I got over it quickly because.
0: You weren't praying when Roderick Strong turned his back on Pete Dunne in the Dusty Road Classics, were you? When Roderick Strong joined the Undisputed Era and he turned on Pete Dunne. Oh, that was great. That was great. There's a story here. Pete Dunne's back for redemption, bitch.
1: Are Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle still friends? Wait, what? Weren't they tag team partners or champions together or something? Yeah, they were. They were like the hammer
2: weights, bros. the oh, broser weights.
1: Broser weights. That's it. The hammer bros. Jesus.
0: I like the hammer. bros. Matt Riddle's
2: on RAW now. But
0: are they
1: friends yet? Like, did they have a falling out before Matt Riddle came up? Or
0: no, they they just they...
1: lost the titles and went their separate ways. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: Pete Dunne went back to fucking the UK, and he was probably stuck there for quarantine.
1: Oh, so they they fell apart because of the quarantine. See, I don't remember any of this.
2: No, I think they I think they just put Pete Dunne back to the UK. To, to to hype that, to make that brand better. Off with you.
0: Yeah, they there. took Matt Riddle's first name and they said, you're out of here. You're just a riddle now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's okay with that.
1: Yeah, whatever, bro. Um,
0: I, I just don't understand. I don't understand any of it. What? Why? What's who, So he's just riddle now? What are we going for yes. yeah. here?
2: There
1: you go. You just answered your own question. That's
0: yes. it. Though. I just don't. They do it with everybody. They did it with Andrade. They did it with Chad Gable, and they tamed him into what Gable, and then he was little Shorty G, and then now he's Chad Gable.
2: No, he was never. He was never just Gable. He was Chad Gable to short. Pretty sure. Pretty sure he was never just Gable. He went from Chad Gable to Shorty G. Now he's back to Chad Gable, and not on TV.
1: Cesaro,
0: right?
2: You even remember
1: what his first name was?
0: Antonio. Antonio. Come on. I wanted about, to make
1: sure you guys were up on your first name dropping. What about
0: Andrade?
2: And Rusev.
1: Peter. Wasn't it Alexander.
2: Peter?
1: No, Andrade. I right, fuck it. Peter Avalon wrestled Chris Dickinson. It was the only first round match in UWN last week, Matt. And uh, Peter Avalon, despite his standing in AEW, is quite revered in the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood scene. Uh, former like many championship holder that he was actually gave Chris Dickinson a hell of a match. They they actually had a, a, a really good match. Um, of course, Avalon took advantage of some some shitty things and, uh, you know, was able to, to take it to Dickinson for a while. But of course, Dickinson moves on. The, the rest of the first round will be happening this week. Um, oh, no, actually. Yeah, because Mike Bennett wrestled another match, but it won't. That looked like Jack Stane, but it wasn't him. That match went a little long, but it was it was a solid match. Um, so, yeah, so the rest of your first-round matches are going to be this week. You're going to see – hold on, I think I have the notes. You're going to see uh, Eric Redbeard take on Watts. You're going to see Carl Fredericks take on Fred Roser, Rosser. And Davey Boy Smith Jr. takes on Mike Bennett. So, there you go. The rest of the first round for the UWN World Championship. Red
2: yeah. Ro- uh, birthday today, by the way.
1: Happy
0: birthday, Fred. And for those, Redbeard is Eric Rowan.
1: No, it's not. It's Redbeard from the fucking no, it's not extra guys.
0: It's, it's not. No, that's not. How dare you disrespect John Redbeard and confuse him with that slob Eric Rowan? Wow, slob, harsh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what's what is Red? What is Redbeard? He's first of all, he's stealing John's gimmick. Okay, I'm, we're going hey, first name basis. Right May, now, look, I could be talking at a turn. Maybe. Uh, Eric Rowan reached out to Redbeard and he said, can I be the Redbeard? And, you know, Johnny Boy Mm -hmm. said, yeah, I'm going to pursue comedy because I'm very funny on Facebook. So, you know, I'm going to step out of the limelight of professional wrestling. You may now be the only Redbeard, but the only person that can answer that is John Redbeard himself. So.
4: Yeah.
0: But yeah, I'm going to throw some shade at at, what's it? Redbeard, just Redbeard.
1: Eric Redbeard.
0: Eric Redbeard. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's John's older brother. Maybe, maybe they're working a gimmick where they're brothers, and he's going to come in for the tournament. I don't know.
0: Brother, 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 brother.
1: Dude. All right, that's that's UWN. So this week awesome the, first round of the tournament. Fucking great. I'm sorry, it's not fucking NXT Halloween Heaven.
2: Listen, if if I can check out, if you can check out for everything that Matt talks about, I can check out what you talk about. UWN, the UPN network.
1: Wow, Kevin's a dick tonight, huh? No, I'm just
2: very, fr- I had a bad day, man. Right, right. I'm frustrated. And so taking out on me? you,
1: I had a fucking bad day too. You don't see me fucking crying about it.
2: No, you cried earlier.
1: You cried earlier. Remember your fucking plug fell apart. You're like, Tony, can you help? Yeah, of course. Do
0: you guys want you to did talk- it? You did, And you
2: did nothing. It's still broken. Do
0: you guys want to talk about it? <laughs> 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 you guys want to talk about it?
2: Now we're good.
1: Oh, move on. Let's go. We sure? got more wrestling to talk. Chris Levine's calling up, isn't he? Yeah,
0: 745, buddy. Take there you a, go. Take a fucking chill pillow. I'm worried about my friends.
1: You know who I'm worried about?
0: Who are you worried about, Big Tony i I'm worried about
1: Smiley Kylie because she quit wrestling because she's got some some problems that she's got to deal with, which is fucking depressing as shit. Maybe That's... her
2: iPhone plug broke too.
1: It's sad, bro. It's sad. I, I, I feel for her, but it seemed like every time, you know, uh, Things were actually going well. That was when she kind of bowed out, which makes sense. You know, the whole thing with AEW makes more sense now. Uh, now this whole thing with Impact where she's like stepping away. Hope she gets better, man. She's, she's a super talented. Everybody said nothing but nice things about her on the social medias. Yes, man.
0: Uh, maybe she's the one who shot Johnny Bravo.
2: Hmm.
0: She's maybe uh, she- just tucking her tail and she's going. I'd skip,
2: I, yeah, I'd skip town too. I'd be on the lam if I shot... Uh, <laughs> Johnny Bravo. You don't think they would play this off as a
0: gimmick. No, I was no. just being a dick. Come on. Come on. I was just he being a dick. With you. I have nothing nice to say about this. It's unfortunate, but she uh she let them put her in this position to be successful. Um I don't know, man. I just don't think it's a good look. I hope she gets the help she needs. I'm glad well,
2: she th- well that's well, that's the thing. We don't know anything about what she's going through. Who knows what it is? So I am not gonna cast dispersions or judgment on anybody for making a decision that they think is best for them, regardless of what they're going through.
1: Yeah, and as much as I fucking hate Maro Ronaldo and what he's become as a commentator, I'm glad that he's getting himself some help too. You know what I'm saying? It sucks.
2: Yeah, but is is well, we don't know. Like I haven't read anything that to to say what she's going through, whether or not she's maybe <laughs> whether or not she took her ball and went home or whether or not she's legit going through some serious shit from, from what I've been reading. She did
1: come out and say that she, uh, she's bipolar. So,
0: all right, that's good enough reason for me for her to, for, for her to leave. This is what what she posted on her Patreon this morning. Uh, Good morning. I'm truly sorry for the pain I've caused and miscommunication. I'm currently unwell. I'm also sorry that I wasn't able to get this out before your monthly subscription charge. I wanted to take this time to say I'm no longer a professional wrestler, and I'm currently taking a break from social media. It's been a very hard decision to make, but please understand. When I am well, I will try to fulfill any obligations that I've missed. During this time, most tiers will not be able to be fulfilled. Please feel free to unsubscribe from my membership slash Patreon account. Thank you for your understanding.
2: All right. Sounds like she's going through some stuff. Oh, it is. It sucks.
0: So she's uh, yeah, she's out. Um, I don't know. I it's it's just a, the whole situation is very weird. Um, I don't like the way Impact handled it. This is me personally. Uh, just because uh, stuff happens. Yeah, but they. I mean, you watched the pay per view. They played the whole video thing with her in it. And then they played her music and the Deanna came out to the ring and then Deanna cut a promo. Like why even just, you know, you're raising more questions than you, and you don't have the answers to the questions. So why would you do that? Uh,
2: It's card subject
0: to change. You don't need to explain anything to anyone.
2: I think this is a cliche, especially in 2020, but maybe the situation was way more fluid at the time than we thought. So maybe they didn't know that she was definitely going to be gone for, for good. So why play it up as a story that meant that it's a rest. That's wrestling
1: yeah you know what it's it's kind of shitty in hindsight but i i kind of agree with kevin on that one i mean how many times can you be like oh you know like uh kylie ray had this and that so we're gonna issue an open challenge i mean it's a little bit of a different play on that so i mean it could have done better yeah but um i mean it is what it is
0: now look i'm not i said last week i thought it was part of a story where Su young kidnapped her and they were gonna do all that but different things have come to light now um yeah exactly She skipped town. She wasn't there at the show. I just don't understand why they proceeded like there was going to be a match. They knew she was not. She was gone. When someone went to the hotel to check on her, she had checked out and she was gone. She was not in Nashville anymore.
2: All right. So, all right. So, like again, like I said, maybe that's one thing. But maybe you have a conversation with her after Bound for Glory, and she comes back, and then you work from there as part of a story that continues. Maybe what you said, you know, for a, a story does happen. That doesn't happen if you don't do the, the intro with her not showing up. So like I said, it's probably like a lot of things lately. Maybe it was just very fluid and they didn't know that she was going to be gone for good. Maybe they thought afterwards they can talk to her, she'll come back, and then they can move on with that story from there. Yeah. So I have no problem with what they with what they did that. Is, I mean again, A it's wrestling, B they probably didn't have all the facts for the details. So I'm not going to shit on them for that. Did you
0: didn't. have a problem with Johnny Bravo getting shot?
2: Oh no. I'm I'm oh. Oh, baby t donk. See look t donk checks out. I'm not checking out. Kev, if you, you know up- what? the the recliner the recliner gives a false sense of you checking out. You're relaxing, but it just seems like when you go back like that, it's just like,
1: I have to sit back and take a breath because I'm going to spew some venom for all those that you think I just shit on AEW. Kev, if you were getting married and the lights went out oh, yeah. and you got shot oh yeah, and then you find out that you're fucking, that the woman that you were about to marry doesn't even fucking check on you. Wouldn't you be a little pissed off? The only I'd fucking person that bends over to check on the fucking guy is Tommy Dreamer. And it took him 15 seconds to get over there. Dude, if it was my wife and she got shot, I'd be the first one down there going, what the fuck? Like trying to help her.
2: Bad, oh, yeah. bad, 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 bad. Oh, it was perfect.
1: Bad, 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 bad. She so, didn't even scream and she's the fucking demon. Maybe. She screamed the, all the, the time. The lights were out. But they came back on, and he was shot. But she's she's they, they all fucking scream. Sue Young and all of them. They're like, ah, we're
0: fucking demons. Ah,
1: oh, my husband got shot. Whatever.
0: May- maybe on, well, maybe she's the one who shot him. Yeah, did you ever think of you that.
1: Got to play the part. Like what the fuck, dude? That's some cold ass shit. If you know, if you fucking shot him, and you just stand there.
2: Well, she's a, she's a demon, and she was in
1: shock. Oh, they yeah. were all in shock except for Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is the fucking light at the end of the tunnel that fucking Johnny Bravo is going to. Nobody no else gave a shit about the guy except for Tommy fucking Dreamer.
0: Contrary, contrary to what Kevin says, what? Brian Myers, not the most professional wrestler in the ring at that moment, Tommy Dreamer was. He's a man. He stepped up. He went to the man who was shot. And he no, summoned to- the power. Tommy. summoned the power of Animal because he had the face paint on.
2: Tommy Dreamer's in it for the payday cuz he's going to host a brand new murder mystery or shot mystery cuz he was not confirmed dead. But there's going to be a new Russell house. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it in my bones.
1: Ooh, is this like one of those murder mystery dinners where everybody's involved and everybody's yep.
2: Everyone's point. That's gotta be. That's gotta be where they're going. You know what? I'd be all in on that.
1: That'd be cool as shit. Like if they were all on a train somewhere, like having stakes, trying to like solve the mystery. That'd be funny.
2: I, well, I would. I wouldn't give my hopes up on trains, Tony. I don't think they would gonna be on trains. Listen,
1: it's wrestling. There's trains going on all the time in pro wrestling.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: love- oh, oh. Love- <laughs> ride that choo-choo! Woo, woo! Oh my god! Going on Facebook was the,
1: the greatest thing ever. Hi, everyone. <laughs>
2: but yeah but maybe the green screen train
0: now my question oh here, but i'm
2: telling you right now a little uh, little uh clue edition of wrestle house
0: i thought you had a a bit, bit of wisdom you're gonna drop on us kevin uh now is this what you want to come out of your biggest pay-per-view of the year with this who shot johnny bravo gimmick
1: You think this is a quarantine story where like once everything is lifted, they all like Tommy Dreamers in the shower and fucking Sue Young comes in and she's like, Oh, it's all a dream, Tommy. And he's like, Oh, Jesus, thank God. And Johnny Bravo's fine and nobody got shot. And then they do the wedding all over again.
0: What are you fucking? What are you, the writer from Lost? Get out of here. That shit. Bro,
1: then you get to give the belts back to the people that were champions at the time, bro. It's fucking makes sense, bro. God damn! I mean, I, he's fucking alive. If, you don't fucking change the titles, motherfucker.
2: If you watch the first, like Russell House, like quote unquote mini series, then I wouldn't put them. I wouldn't put anything past what they decided to do for this. So yeah, I would. I could see that. But again, they haven't said that he was murdered. So Johnny Bravo could very well be alive, and and well. So this could just be a whole, a whole thing. And they could do anything they want because Russell House is so good. That, I'm telling you, this is what this is what they have to do with it. They have to, they have to, to do it. Especially if you look at the people that were around ringside. Ninety percent of them are Wrestle House people. The only reason why Tommy Dreamer gets involved, other than you know the Demon or uh, or, or anyone else or Taya or anyone, is because of the Wrestle House thing.
0: It's got to be it. Kevin, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Oh, oh yeah, you could start a Wrestle House with four wrestlers. Who's in your Wrestle House?
2: Anywhere? Any company? Yes. Like to be like funny and good?
0: Yeah. You're producing it. You make it whatever you want to make it.
2: Oh god. Uh Ric Flair. Heath Slater. Coco Beware.
0: I like that poll.
2: And I will say. Oh my God, why am I? Shy? I just said Coco word. I'm struggling for a fourth.
0: Uh, I will say
2: who's really funny in WWE? Who's really funny in AEW? i uh, MJF.
0: That's a very interesting uh, wrestle house you would have there. Yeah. Tony? I don't know. On the spot. I like it. Tony, who would you have in your wrestle house? Four people um, Bobby Heenan. No, he's dead. You can't w, have a w, dead. You oh, do dead people. No. Right, the ghost, Bobby no, the ghost. That's still not a person.
1: All right, I'd put John Silver. Okay. Ah, good.
0: Going with the hot hand. I like that.
2: Orange Cassidy.
0: Really? Oh, Tony's a heat magnet today.
2: So this is going to be a silent film.
1: Randy Orton. Okay. And um... Coco Who beware. Fourth B. Be? Hmm. Fuck it! It's got to be somebody alive.
2: Greg the Hammer Valentine. That'd be a real silent film.
1: Uh, fuck it! I'll put in Peanut Head.
2: Teddy Long.
1: P- yeah, fuck it, Teddy Long and <laughs> fucking.
2: Uh, that's a good one.
1: Come on, player. Play oh. it take your hands out of your pockets, player.
2: Don't look at Shane Helms or an Al Snow or Lance Storm. Um, you don't think John
1: Silver and fucking Teddy Long would be hysterical together?
2: Long John Silver. Fuck, dude.
1: he would be like, give me them titties. Ah. <laughs> you don't think you would? Right. Mm. Come on, dude. Teddy Long and chocolate titties. That that fucking it writes itself.
0: Wow. Mm. You just assume, no? You're assuming. You're assuming.
1: Come on, dude. I've seen enough of Be the Elite. I, I know what goes on down there.
0: What, Teddy Long? Duh. Oh, fucking
1: John Silver looking for titty milk.
0: I love Teddy Long, but Homeboy needs someone to, to take a picture instead of sending us a video of him wearing our T-shirt.
1: You don't know how to take a still of a video?
0: Come on, man. I ain't got time for that shit.
1: How come I have not seen this gem yet? I told you Who where it was. i on something that I have not seen. I
0: told you where it was. Look, I can lead you to the the product, but I can't make you watch it.
1: I do not know where the product he can lead you to the
2: pond, but he cannot make you drink.
0: Yeah, you're too busy getting kicked off of fucking Twitter to see fucking Teddy Long making videos saying, what's up, playa with his pink and black Shining Wizard t-shirt.
1: All right, I'll have to oh. check that out later. That's holla. All.
0: holla. Holla, holla, holla. Uh, tomorrow night on Impact, we have a rematch for the Knockouts Championship as Sue Young defends against Deonna Uh Rich Swan and Eddie Edwards will take on Eric Young and Sammy Callahan. Ethan Page will take on Doc Gallows uh, in a uh, in a match. Uh, and Chris Bay will be <laughs> one-on-one uh, with Trey Miguel. I was going to make some smart-ass comments. <laughs> But I refrained. I refrained from, from any smart ass. Luke that was... will take
2: on Ethan Page in a match. <laughs> As opposed to... <laughs>
0: I watched a lot of weird shit this week. Um, I- I'll give you guys, uh, the fans out there, a little... A little sneak peek behind the curtain. We're looking to give ourselves, uh give you the Patreon supporters more content. So I asked Tony and Kevin to give me a pay per view oh, yeah. and a wrestler, and we're going to add that to our Patreon content. And Tony picked up a topic. Oh, that... Come on, I'm you not really? Tell you I'm not. Tell relax, relax. I'm not going to give it away. But you picked a topic that there's really pre dirt sheet. There's a lot of digging to do. So I had to watch. A WWF Timeline shoot interview with Greg the Hammer Valentine.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: It's not, all right? It's not an easy watch. <laughs> um, and this was shot, like, in 2009, and he was still looking rough, and his memory was not the greatest. And he said a couple, like, borderline racist things, like black people are afraid of dogs. It was really weird. <laughs> it was, like, really weird. Uh, and then I watched the Ethan page has his own show on the high spots network and I watched him in Danhausen, which was pretty interesting. Uh, but I'm watching a lot of, a lot of sh- doing a lot of research, um, for these shows, but yeah, the timeline series is always a good watch, but, uh, yeah, Greg Valentine was, uh, I didn't finish it. I got to go back and watch some, you know, some stuff he was kind of all over the place with like, you know, he talked about the David Schultz thing, and and he, you know, this this now that we've seen the dark side of the ring with the Schultz story and him getting arrested, very interesting stuff.
1: Who who was it in Dark Side of the Ring? Was it Valentine that broke stories about Jimmy Snuka? He he broke another story about him getting in trouble.
0: It was Knobs. Uh,
1: Oh, it was Nobbs? Okay. I'm I'm thinking of a, a different old blonde haired wrestler.
0: I mean you're so, yeah, my bad. You're right in the ballpark. Um, we uh Wait, it was
1: Nobbs that was that was telling stories about Jimmy Snuka? That doesn't seem to make sense.
0: Was it I thought it was Nobbs.
1: When would Knobs and Jimmy Snuka ever have like shit that went on in the eighties? I thought somebody else broke a story that it wasn't oh, the first maybe time- it
0: was Valentine. No.
1: Yeah, it wasn't the yes. first time that Vince had a, had a bell snook it out of a situation and they just kind of like didn't capitalize yeah, on I it. Yeah, I
0: think you're right. And we talked to Gethard about that on our 500th episode. I think you're right. I think it was Valentine. Yeah, I think it was Valentine. About, um, yeah,
1: he, he's an interesting guy. I've heard a few stories about him over the years. Uh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Chris Levine calling in about three minutes to join us. Uh, we talked some NXT. Uh, we talked some Impact. Um, New Japan announced that they're doing a US version of the Super J Cup, uh, which will have T J P, ACH, Leo Rush, Chris big Bay. Name. Yeah, big name. Chris Bay, Ray Oris, Blake Christian, Clark Connors, and El Fantasmo, who won last year's tournament. Uh, So that's pretty super exciting. And then they also announced the best of the super juniors in Japan, and they shortened it instead of uh, two blocks and 20 participants. This one block, 10 guys, Taguchi, Master Wado, your boy Sho, who I think is going to win it, Robbie Eagles, Hiromu Takahashi, Bushi, El Desperado, Kanamura, Doki, and Taji Ishimori, who is the IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Uh, And we will get into Power Struggle Picks uh, a little later on in the episode, but uh, just a quick rundown. They also announced that Wrestle Kingdom will be limited to 20,000 people at the Tokyo Dome in January. So they will be doing doing that.
1: But that's also going to be two nights again, no?
0: Yes, sir. It will be two nights.
1: Technically, it'll be 40,000
0: people. Over two nights, though? I mean, in some place that holds 50,000?
1: Look, it is what it is. They got to do what they can do, you know. I mean, I, w- I would think at uh, at this point, being able to announce that they can hold twenty thousand people is a victory in and of itself. Yeah, you know? but
0: you never know. You know, things can go. uh
1: I know. mean, things could change either way. Like they could say, you know what, fuck it. You know, like everything's cool. Let's do the fifty thousand. You know.
0: Or they can go the other way. Unfortunately.
1: Oh Jesus, was that serious, Matt?
0: No, I was like middle of swallowing a beverage, an adult beverage. You no, know, it could be either way. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get this really weird voice thing.
1: All right, so let me ask you this Are you going to mispronounce Levin or Levine, or are we going to just let him see if he wants to correct I you? I thought
0: it was Chris Levin.
1: It is Levin. You kept saying Levine, like it was Avril Levine or Adam Levine. Or...
0: Oh, why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? Complicated.
1: She was yeah. a girl, he was a boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> is that how the song goes?
2: Avril Levine was the shit. She was. She was. She was the best. Year.
1: The best. All right. Let's not go off. Oh,
2: the fall. best. The best. Really? Young yeah. Kevin loved Avril. Kevin.
0: I think old. I of. actually
2: saw. I saw her at Spring uh, MTV Spring Break in uh, at Seaside Heights.
0: Wow. Did you get her That's autograph? Right. Sign, signage.
2: Kinda. <laughs> I got up on. St- I was on. I was on TRL.
0: Oh yeah, baby. This is the first we're hearing of this. Yeah, this
2: yeah. is us. Awesome. We had a house. I think it was actually the first MTV short house, like me and like a bunch of my buddies got it. And we uh, ended up going and I knew somebody that worked for M T V at the time and got like on stage and shit like that and got on TRL and talked to talked to Carson, offered him a beer, but he refused it because why would he want a beer with some weirdo? But yeah. Saw Avril Lavigne live in concert at Seaside Heights. Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. I remember big time big time good stuff.
0: I remember I once saw Bubba Ray Dudley on like Spring Break. He was in a house or Seaside, I don't know something. I think Kevin just shocked. Did you shock yourself? Did you shock yourself? Yeah, well, that makes sense. The Shockmaster, this oh. guy. Got... Sure did.
4: Oh Jesus. Uh,
0: yep. Oh poor Kevin. What's your pass? the
2: worst. It's the What's worst. Uh twenty-two uh, percent.
1: Oh, you didn't. Did you not charge your laptop up today?
2: I did.
0: To what? Wow. 24%?
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't that. When I came down, to, when I broke this, it was at probably like 65, but I wasn't expecting to break this. So I unplug everything when I leave the house. Unplug everything.
1: You could always jump on your phone if you need to. You know,
0: why do you unplug? Everything? I got to download zoom on the phone. Sure. You should probably start doing that.
2: Yeah. All right. I'll be back.
0: No, well, you don't, have to, you don't leave. have to leave. You just press the button on the phone.
2: I can't do all these things, man. Yeah. I can't do all these things.
0: You can do all these things. You can do it. You can do it, Kevin. Oh God, Chris Levin
1: calling in any second now. So. Yeah, right.
0: Hopefully, <laughs> he confirmed this afternoon. So,
1: well, maybe he forgot. No, he, he's, he's still on the East Coast. Yeah, he's still like in our area. No. Yeah.
0: We'll so what do we?
2: He's got that. Uh, that camp gimmick right the camp leapfrog is that a thing yes sir
0: that's the thing it was very popular last week
2: nice very nice
0: very nice i like uh...
1: have you guys seen the new borat movie yet no, aside? i don't care i don't either I'm just uh... curious if you guys saw it guess
2: not well, well I-, I tried anyway
0: oh anywho
2: can we go back to the to oh is he is he on? Oh we can go back to impact though. A couple of things that that we forgot to mention. Uh the Eric Young, Rich Swan. Eric Young got his got his rematch right in, right off the gate. Took on uh, Rich Swan. Rich Swan was in his street clothes, no shoes, no shirt, no service. And uh Rich Swan uh got rid of uh, Eric Young maybe once and for all. And dude, the the Halloween match with uh with Tommy Dreamer and, and Brian Myers was actually really really fun good uh good pal Swaggle got involved in that one he was in the garbage can and and cost his his dear good friend brian myers the match So tommy dreamer uh took out the most professional wrestler and then we had um the the next uh, the knockout tag team division is coming back we had some teams yo uh
0: i'm still not buying rich swan i don't like rich swan as the world champion
2: neither do i okay i yeah, mean
0: good I mean, not good. That's like, not, and I just, yeah, I don't know. And it's man. nothing. It's, yeah,
2: I think we're all on the same page where we all like Rich Swan. It's just that it's, it's a weird role for him.
1: Can I tell you who we all like right now? Who
0: is that? Not Rich He's Swan.
1: Not popping, nope.
2: He's popping in. He's coming in.
0: There he is. Christopher, how are you, sir?
5: I am doing very well. Thank you. How about yourself?
0: We are living the dream. We're just talking a little impact wrestling. Um, and uh, I don't I don't know if we get a hot take here. Rich Swann is the world champion. What do you think? You in, you out, you buying, you I selling? Mean,
5: I mean, so since I left Impact, I honestly haven't followed the product at all. I, I generally don't follow products that I'm not actively involved with. But, uh, I, you know, I've known Rich Swann since I was a teenager. Uh, he's been like a big brother to me, and he's helped um, mentor me so much over the years, along with a handful of others. So, uh, it doesn't matter where it's happening when, when your friends are doing well, you're just happy for them. And I really am
0: uh, things that you are involved in camp leapfrog highly successful uh, this past week, uh, October 29th on uh on IWTV, you guys slayed it. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about the, the camp leapfrog.
5: Well, thank you so much for that. Um, so camp leapfrog, it's kind of like the little engine that could, you know, um, in, uh, I think it was um, May or June high tension wrestling hit me up and they were about to have their first event, but you know uh, with the lockdown and all, they weren't able to have it. So they were interested in doing kind of like a, uh, like a 4th of July party uh, to live stream kind of like the new year's uh, Eve party that I had done, which, you know, feels like years ago now. And um, then, you know, everything happened in June and that kind of just you know, changed the entire landscape of pro wrestling as a whole. And uh, nobody wanted to get together and have a party by the end of June, you know, with speaking out and everything like that. So we took that additional time that we had between um, between then and when we postponed the date to, to uh, create, make it less of a party. Well, I mean, it was still a party, but make it more of like a wrestling film, if that makes sense. And kind of everything just perfectly came together. Uh, some of it for good reasons, you know, like... Um, I've been working on a book and it's a uh, pro wrestling in film encyclopedia. So I've been taking in so many different uh, examples and like mediums of how people combine pro wrestling and dramatic narratives. And I had all of that kicking around my head. And then, you know, after the fall of Chikara, uh, which, uh, you know, regardless of where you stand on it, uh, I think everyone can agree that a lot of innocent bystanders were hurt uh, by that. Uh, you know, all of the students and the vets who that was their home. And so we, we had just this perfect storm of a lot of people needed somewhere to go and they needed to be brought back together as a family to heal. And I had all these cinematic ideas and we have high tension wrestling who wants to help us host an event and it all just came together. And the results so far uh, I've been thrilled with and everyone on our team has, and I just can't wait to keep going forward with it.
0: Now, is this a, 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 project that is every thursday night on iwtv
5: no so leapfrog right now we've done two films and like they're half events half films the first one came out in september early september and it was like a like think about all of the nostalgic campground movies that we've seen from the 80s and 90s and just that that sense of fun that comes with it um we combine that with pro wrestling for the first one and that's what camp leapfrog is it's a pro wrestling themed campground And it's all very tongue-in-cheek and, you know, about having fun with it. And then for the second one, we released that um, last week on the 29th. And it was our Halloween special, Things That Go Bump in the Ring. And uh, right now we're gearing up for our first live stream event and then a Christmas special following that. And uh, we hope to have a model where we're running uh, one event per month going forward.
0: Now, you mentioned the 80s and the 90s camp movies, Camp Leapfrog. Which movie is it most uh, similar to in your mind. Is it a meatballs? Is it a porkies?
5: You know, it's funny because um so I asked I haven't seen either of those movies, I hate to admit. Come but on, the Chris. the writing team for the first one, um, it was myself, Sam latourna um, Ethan Wilde, and Brad Rush. Uh because those three were the ones that the uh the narrative throughout the entire film was based around. So I wanted to bring them in to kind of figure out you know, like, you guys know you best. How how can we put this together? What works for you and your characters? And all of these movies, whether it was Meatballs, whether it was Heavyweights, whether it was Wet Odd American Summer, um, all of it kind of came together. I mean, I know for me personally, um, and this will sound wacky, I was doing a watch through of uh, As Told by Ginger, which was a cartoon on Nickelodeon in the late 90s and early 2000s. And uh, there was a special, like a two or three part episode in the first season called Summer of and that's where it started with me. Just, you know, just that feeling of nostalgia it evoked. And I was like, wow, like, uh, you know, we could take the same thing and make people feel that through pro wrestling. Let's try it.
0: It seems to be going really well. I saw you guys were trending, or at least on our Twitter feed Thursday night, everyone was talking about Camp Leaf Frog, which is huge. Um, and we mentioned uh, briefly your tenure with, with Impact Wrestling, but uh, you moved on and you're doing a lot of stuff with GCW. Um, and they have really shined during this pandemic uh, and just getting out there and doing live shows. How much does that mean to you to kind of, you know, there's so many, like you mentioned before, people who aren't working, they're not getting out. They're kind of stuck in a rut. Uh, But you're getting out there and you're getting to get in the ring and do what you love to do. How much does that mean to you?
5: And I'm really fortunate to have that. Um, Whether it's GCW, whether it's ICW, no holds barred, uh, I've been put in a position that, Um, over the last few months, New Jersey's become a hotbed of wrestling because of, uh, how the rules and regulations are with running events now that we're in like a uh, COVID world. Um, so the fact that it was, so it's right in my, you know, my home state, most of the shows are 15, 20 minutes from me, sometimes at most an hour, and they're all places that I've been involved with for years and years, like GCW, like ICW, No Holds Barred. Um, I I'm thankful that I have an outlet where I can, you know, go out and do what I love to do, where I can go see my friends because there's a lot of people who don't have that even still like, um, one of my best friends, Royce Isaacs, he, he was former NWA world tag champ. Uh, he's out in California right now. And I don't know that they just like, haven't opened wrestling in his neck of the woods yet. I'm not, if he's worked since the pandemic, it, it hasn't been a lot, you know, uh, which is a shame because you know, great worker in the prime of his career. Um, and that goes for a lot of people. So, uh, fortunate would be the best word I would describe that with.
0: I'm sorry. I thought one of you guys were going to ask a question. There's the beauty of doing a show, uh, over zoom. We're so used to being in the studio together. We still yeah. haven't adjusted to it. Um, Chris, you're, are, will you be at uh, survival, uh, the Nick gauge invitational this weekend?
5: Oh, absolutely. Well, I will be on um, ICW Friday, GCW Saturday and Sunday as well.
0: Okay, so refereeing a death match. What is the most important thing besides staying the fuck out of the way? Because those, (laughs) I mean, look, we know Louis. I know Louis. I don't (laughs) want to be anywhere near Louis when he's got a fucking dildo on a on a screw a screw gun or whatever other weird shit. Fucking cut up coke cans on a bar board. I don't know what kind of crazy shit he's doing. As a referee, what's the most important thing? I'm going to guess is stay out of the way.
5: Um, you know, I mean, you know, staying out of the way is just a good thing for all referees and all matches until you need to be in the way. But, uh, for a death match, particularly it's about keeping cool under pressure because, uh, death matches are unique in that, you know, by design, someone's going to be hurt. And, you know, the same could be said for all pro wrestling, but that's acute for death matches, you know, and the, uh, The tolerance for how hurt someone can be in a death match versus a regular match uh, where you would stop it or take it home early or whatever, it's a lot higher. So um, you need to have the experience of knowing what's an acceptable amount of damage, you know, and uh, when it's gone too far. Because a lot of times wrestlers aren't going to know. They're so amped up with adrenaline or, uh, you know, sometimes even just proud. Uh, that they want to keep working through it and finish it. It's like a warrior thing for them, you know? Um, so, and in deathmatch wrestling, something will always go round, wrong. Every single match, uh, there's going to be a discrepancy between what's planned and what's reality. And whether that's something you know, like a stack of weapons or that they put together doesn't work out or they're supposed to have something at ringside and it wasn't or someone gets hurt. You know, like there's so many things that some one of these uh, variables will go wrong. And it's about staying calm, figuring out on fly what to change it up with because the wrestlers, sometimes you're in there and they just blank and they're not sure where to go or they're not on the same page. So rather, A, you need to help come up with the plan or B, you um, you're going to need to help uh, facilitate communication of that plan. Uh, so, just not freaking out when that occurs. Like, I've definitely been in situations at deathmatch shows where um, a referee, someone gets hurt, and like all of a sudden, someone comes back and grabs me and, like, hey, Chris, go out there. Someone's hurt, and the ref doesn't know what to do, you know? And it's like, you know, you don't have time. You have your whole life to freak out about a given situation, but you need to stay cool those few moments when it counts, when someone else's well being is on the line. Will deathmatch wrestling ever be universally accepted or
2: will there always be people that absolutely disapprove of what it brings to the table in professional wrestling?
5: There will always be people who universally disapprove, uh, disapprove of that. And I mean, and that that the same thing goes for all pro wrestling. I mean, if you, you can look back to the early 1900s, back when matches were still like going for hours at a time, and you'll see the old timers of those days say, oh, the wrestling the, to, uh, these days, it's too... Fast-paced. It's it. This uh, it uh, separates from what we did too much. It's no longer wrestling. And to see that being said in the 1910s and 20s is wild. Um, and that's something that's always consistent. You can go look at uh, on YouTube. There's an interview with Buddy Rogers in the 70s saying that pro wrestling is is no longer the pro wrestling that he came up with. It's changed too much. And um, just you know, a big part about. The appeal of deathmatch wrestling for the fans and the talent is that it's a act of anti societal rebellion. And that's just like um, if you're a fan of horror movies or you're a fan of Gigi Allen or, or what have you. Um, a big part of why people like that is because things are happening that are not socially acceptable. It's not normal to injure yourself in front of others for entertainment. And anytime you have something where part of the appeal is anti societal, by definition, a lot of society is not going to accept it. I mean, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I so I'm I go I go to UMass Amherst for journalism, and I'm doing all online classes. And one of the cre- uh, the classes I'm taking is creative nonfiction, and a lot of my writing has to do with pro wrestling because you know that's just my life. And um, a lot of my uh, classmates did not take well a few weeks ago when I wrote a story about deathmatch wrestling. Um, and in my head, it was you know it was a pretty tame thing. I talked about uh, People making gigs or what it's like when someone gets hurt on the fly or or like how violent it can get uh one person told me that they were traumatized all day and they couldn't sleep from it. Uh, another one told me that I was perverse and that uh, my hobbies contribute contribute to the de-, de evolution of society away from world peace you well, know so it, like
2: did, did that story include low life Louie?
5: Because then it would be perverse. <laughs> no, it did not. Um, the story was about my first time doing a major deathmatch, which was uh, even, you know, it was tame for deathmatch standards, but at the time it was really difficult to get through. Uh, Drake Younger versus Sammy Callahan at CZW um, Cinco de Mayo back in 2011 or 12. I think it was 12 um that, my first experience going into that and being very squeamish with the blood and then i contrasted that with a more recent experience at icw no holds barred where i had two match uh stoppages in a single day which extraordinarily rare i mean i can count on one hand how many times i've had to do legitimate match stoppages um over 13 years let alone having two in one day and just i contrasted how i was panicking the first time around you know years ago and now it's just kind of all business for me uh so yeah, a lot of people did not take well for that, and um, I think that's always going to be the case for deathmatch wrestling. It's more right now. Deathmatch wrestling is probably more in than it's ever been in its history, and um, I I would be surprised if it got more mainstream than that. But I'd also be lying if I said that I wasn't surprised so many times over the last few years because pro wrestling as an industry is so radically different from when I you know I first joined in two thousand and seven. So many things are happening that I would have thought could have never been the case
0: right um so the the ref stoppage when you uh, is that your discretion or is that does, does a, a uh, one of the talents say like oh, I can't go you got to stop
5: um it's it's always a uh it's kind of a group consensus whereas um like I'm it, it depends on the situation like the first time I ever had to stop a match um it was lucky 13 versus Scotty vortex at a tournament of death and lucky just, uh, was Lucky was powerbombed into a ladder with light tubes on it. And I hate light tubes because they're unpredictable. You never know if it's just going to create a little cut or if it's going to be something awful. And uh, Lucky got powerbombed into them, rolled in the ring. I was checking him. You know, you always have to give a scan, a visual scan to make sure everyone's good because they're not always going to be able to point out to you a cut if they're not aware of it. And um all of a sudden i see like there's a giant hole in lower his lower back which i i think lucky's coming on tonight so i'm sure he can talk to you about it um i was freaking out because it was like one of my first death matches i lucky was very uh calm and blase about it he was like yeah i'll finish the match or yeah i'll stop it like whatever you guys prefer and uh scotty was also on the on the uh the side the same side of now we can stop it like it, you know we don't need to do this i care about my friend um, and, you know, one of the doctors came out, I initially stopped it per the doctor's call, then one of the promoters came out and was like, hey, can you guys, you know, just wrap things up in the next few minutes so we can give them an ending. And they were cool with it and they were able to do it. Um, contrast that to now. Um, without, uh, the first one is Alex Clone versus Alex Ocean um, at ICW, at least this most recent one. And I've known Alex since I was a teenager. Uh, and Alex Clone, at least I've known since I was a teenager. And um, took a big bump and you know, I'm doing the scan and all of a sudden I just see a big old slice uh, right under his armpit. And it didn't look like anything that was going to kill him necessarily, but it was just bigger and deeper than I had any comfort with continuing on. So I said, hey buddy, uh, it's real bad. We're gonna stop this, okay? And he's like, yep, that's fine. Uh, and I, I don't know if Alex knew how bad it was or if he just trusted my judgment over the years, but that's kind of how it went. Um, for the second one that day, it was, uh, just by free coincidence, uh, Alex Ocean versus Eddie only. And Alex uh, kicked a light bulb, I believe, at, or I'm sorry, a light tube at Eddie, and it went into the small of his elbow. And I see Eddie grab his, uh, grab it, and blood's just squirting through his fingertips. And I'm like, hey, buddy, we're going to need to stop the match now. And Eddie's like, okay. And he just laid down on a count of three real quick. And I was like, okay, we need to get you to the back. And Eddie was very calm. He was like, hey, uh, New Jack's about to come out. I need to do this angle. And I was like, dude, you're, you're going to bleed out and die if you don't go out right now. So he just was like, okay, you're right. And he, you know, and he turned out, went, went right to the back, no issue. Um, and so yeah, that, that's kind of how it's been lately. Um, I think that at this point in my career, that would probably be a um, the norm for how it would go that I, I think- uh, I've been around enough that I would hope people would trust my judgment enough is it's not some, it's a stoppage. Isn't something I do often or I enjoy doing. it's only if I really feel, uh, like it's needed for the self, the health and well-being of the performer.
1: It sounds good. I mean, that, that they actually, that they trust your judgment and they're okay with everything. You ever, you ever butt heads with somebody that really didn't want to, didn't want to stop that they wanted to keep going. You ever have any kind of conflict like that in a match?
5: All the time yeah uh, i mean not all the time but like it happens um and when i say all the time i was more thinking of like sometimes you'll get a lot of there's a lot of frustrations that it's you know it's a live product you're surrounding you know there's fans there there are people watching on stream this isn't a movie set where you can just stop it and take a few and regroup yourself you you know you need to keep going and so that's a ton of pressure on all of us And, um, whether it's giving time cues, like, Hey, this is going too long. We really need to end this guys or whatever. Uh, those frustrations will, uh, you know, be exposed in the course of communication. And I, you know, I don't get personally offended by it because I know that they're just, you know, when you're in a high pressure situation, sometimes you snap, sometimes you yell, sometimes you are mad about the situation, but not necessarily at me, but since I'm the bearer of bad news with it, um, you know, the only thing you can do is like express that, um, at a recent, um, no holds barred event. I don't know that it was the, it might've been the same one that, that I had those other two stoppages, or it was the one prior. I I don't remember which, but it was Akira versus I believe Matt Tremont and Akira had a, he dove off the top out to the ring on Tremont and a sliver of light tube hit him right in the solar plexus, which is the area like right uh, in the center of your breastbone, right above the abdominals. And it was just a it just went right under the skin and it looked really deep and it was bleeding really bad. And I was like, hey, bud, we got to get home. And like he just out uh, Akira was so in the zone, so pumped. So uh, like this was the biggest death match of his career versus Tremont. And he did not want to do it. And he he wasn't rude or he was just very like, no, I'm, I'm going to push through this. No, I got it and like after when we got to the back he apologized and he sent me a dm apologizing and it's like dude no there's you know there's no issue like it's kind of like the office and they're michael and i'm toby it's my job to be the one who has to make be the bearer of of bad news sometimes and of course not always going to react well to it but you know it's not my job when i'm in the ring as much as i'm a fun-loving carefree person um, and as much as I love having fun in there with friends and just goofing around, um, it's not my job, uh, especially during a deathmatch, to be their friend. It's my job to facilitate safety as best as possible. So yeah, he, he was frustrated at the moment and didn't want to do it. And, you know, I probably would have done the exact same thing if I was so like, you know, a deathmatch wrestler. So yeah, it happens, but would are on the bridge? Not a big deal.
2: And g- getting back to, um, to the camp leapfrog, uh, leapfrog, uh, project it seems like obviously with, with what you just brought up to us with your, your writing in college it seems like that the creative bug has kind of always been been in you um, you started I mean you're, you're one of the you know top referees in in the game but it seems like you obviously want more than that is that something that you feel like a lot of people want they want to get their their foot in the door they want to have a role and then do something more with it is that something that you always had in your back pocket or were you super happy with being uh, you know, a referee in
5: the, in these type these types of matches. Um, so I you know I've always wanted more, and which isn't to say that anything less of refereeing. It's just that um, oh. uh, storytelling is is my passion in life, and uh, I really respect all forms of storytelling. It doesn't matter whether it's in wrestling or in a book or a movie or in a song or even a painting. Um, and I've I want to be a storyteller, and you know that's a big part of why I. Uh, why I write for Ripley's, why I put together podcasts, why I do these things. I love telling stories and refereeing allows me to tell stories, but um, you know, I've always had more that I wanted to contribute because I felt like I could tell stories within the confines. I want, I want to tell stories with in the confines of wrestling uh, in ways that people don't normally do or haven't done before, if that makes sense. And, And when I say that, I really have a variety of inspirations, even just for refing. I mean, I, I tell people all the time the best way to learn about wrestling um isn't just by watching wrestling. Um what like for me, I, I've learned just as much about refereeing from watching other referees as I have from watching Puddle's Pity Party, um, who's a singer and his uh his body language and his his means of expression are incredible. And even if you were have it on mute, you would have an idea of who his character is and what he's about. And um, y- body language and facial expressions have been something I've always been pretty adept with. It seems like that's always had a positive response from fans. Um, so I guess it works. Uh, I'm trying at least. Uh, I know not everyone's as big a fan of it as others, but yeah.
0: Well, it seems like you're doing a great job. Uh, if you're out there in the Twitterverse, give Chris a follow at ref, Chris Levine. Uh, and of course, grab a t-shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com. Did I say it wrong? I did. You uh, fucking <clears throat> We They prepped me before we did. Motherf- Fucker.
5: We literally, we literally argued about this. Damn before. it. No worries at all. Literally everyone gets Chris it wrong.
0: Levin. Uh, Levin, Levin,
5: Levin, Levin, Levin
0: at ref, Chris Levin on Twitter, <laughs> pro wrestling <Tees. laughs> com forward slash Chris Levin. Uh, the kid ref thing. Um, I see you've taken the ball and run with it. You have a couple t-shirts up on your store. Uh, what's, is it just something like you're gifted the nickname and you deal with it or is there, are you like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not a kid. Like I get it, but leave me alone. Let me, can I be like number one ref? Why do I have to be kid ref? <laughs>
5: um, so I didn't come up with the kid ref name. Uh, so I, you know, people alternate between kid ref and baby ref. Um, it, so, you know, my entire life I've always, uh, had to deal with the fact that I have a baby face. Um, I'm not. I'm not a big guy. I'm 145 pounds on my best day, uh, and I just I, I look very young. Uh, that that runs in the family. My mom, you know, has always people have always thought she's way younger than than she is. Um, and initially, that held me back a lot in wrestling because you know, as a referee, you need to look like you're authoritative. That people that you can handle yourself, and you know I, I started when i was 15 so i you know just as a 15 year old of course i don't look like that especially when i'm a 15 year old who looks even younger than he is and uh that was always one of my biggest uh concerns professionally like i, I did a wwe trial in 2012 and all of the uh people who were more experienced in wrestling who came from that territory uh era they were all about uh hiring me because I, you know, you, I'm a small guy and I can make everyone else look bigger. Like the Steve Kearns, you know, like people like that, the Gerald Briscoes, uh, they all seem in favor of it. Whereas a lot of the younger guys were like, nah, we need a referee like MMA style, who like thick thicker set and can handle themselves. And, you know, neither, neither uh, way is wrong. It's just different philosophies of how you want to approach it. Uh, but I always had it in my head, like, cool. There's, a, there's going to be people who were hired prior to me, not necessarily because of a skill set or anything like that, but solely because of the fact that they look the role. Which, I mean, it, it's not something that's. I'm not. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. It just is a thing that I, I recognize. And uh, when I got to Impact, a lot of fans were chanting that, and I I became anxious. Like, cool, is Impact going to pick up on this and say I'm too distracting in the ring? But um thankfully I was able to kind of turn it around and I took what I felt was my biggest weakness and turned it into my biggest strength by, uh, you know, it kind of turned into a meme that people like, you know, on social media and people like watching on Twitch, uh, it, it started there and it, uh, it went into the office and people backstage started calling me it, and it's, and they were like, Hey, um, like, don't be afraid to lean into it a little. And, you know, I, I, I don't dislike it or like it. Like, it's if if I'm as a, I as a referee, we don't officials don't always have an opportunity to directly contribute to the entertainment uh, value of the show. We facilitate it, but we don't necessarily contribute to it directly. And if people poking fun at me adds to their entertainment, I'm honored. I, I love that I, that I can contribute in that way. And, you know, as long as people are having fun, that's all that matters. And, you know, I I went I would I'd be more likely to lean into that at some place that kind of places that kind of let their hair down like a leapfrog or something like that. Whereas, you know, like at an MLW, when I go there, it's all business. and I'm not necessarily, you know, kid ref having fun with it. It depends on the tone, you know, Uh,
0: next time you're at MLW, just let King Mo know I'm coming for him. Shine Hazers, Matt is coming from (laughs) Chris. Before we let you go, I just got to ask Tales from the Mat, uh, your brand new podcast. um, Give us a little background. I know it's available on iTunes. I know it's on Spotify. I know you have a fucking stellar lineup. uh, Doctor Tom, Gerald Briscoe, Lefisto, uh, all part of this debut episode. It's about two hours long. uh, Maimed, the shooter and the Ripper. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. um, So. You know, I, I was talking before, like I, I So I grew up uh, in Atlantic, right outside of Atlantic City, and I always went to the Ripley's Auditorium, mm. and, <laughs> and, um, that really influenced, um, my interest in life. I, you know, I'm big into anthropology. Uh, I'm big into history, and I like writing about that weird corner of the world, especially when it relates to professional wrestling. And like I, I sneak in as many wrestling-related articles in uh, in Ripley's as possible. Um, but yeah, um, I so you know I started going into writing articles like that, and I was thinking, you know, uh, they 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 all got like a, a very respectable um, matter of uh, traction online, you know, just like these syndicated articles that I've done. But I was wondering, how can I take this to the next level? And, you know, I listen to podcasts all the time. I watch, you know, like videos on YouTube. And I was thinking, you know, that's kind of what this is. They just wrote an essay and then they recorded it and, you know, added sound effects. Or if it's on YouTube, YouTube added a video. And it's like, well, you know, why can't I do that? Uh, So I did. (laughs) And um, that's how the idea for Tales from the Mat as a podcast came along. But uh, actually putting the story together was, um, I'm not sure if anyone here has read Luthes' book, Hooker um but hooker it's an old-timey term in pro wrestling for someone who has legitimate wrestling chops and they can sink their hooks into you and hurt you if they want and one of the stories in there was of luth mentor george tragos who was an olympian in the 20s and and just a bad dude you know and he uh, allegedly according to this urban legend was at a show in the 30s and a young uh, amateur wrestler who had just turned pro came up to him with an attitude, and they wanted him to—they wanted George Tragos to lose to the fella, and Tragos didn't want to. And they're like, "Cool, we'll figure it out in the ring," you know, not realizing who Tragos was exactly and what he was capable of. And as the story goes, uh, Tragos put him in a double wrist lock and tore out his shoulder. And being that this—these uh, are the days before antibiotics were even invented—the uh, kid got gangrene and had to lose the arm. And that's a story that Fez told many times over the years. And I felt it was perfectly emblematic of the horror stories that we've all heard about entering the business back in the day, whether it's that or whether it's the Andersons breaking arms and legs or uh, Hiro Matsuda breaking Hogan's leg. And I thought, you know, I I wonder how much of that story is true and how much of it like is an old wives' tale just to, you know, just to scare the young guys or whatever or, or, you know, to build up the myth of Tragos and I decided I wanted to authenticate it. So I reached out to a buddy of mine, Jimmy Wheeler, who won, runs the Professional Wrestling Historical Society. And I was like, hey, do you think we could figure this out? And uh, most people, including Jimmy initially, did not, they thought it was a loss of time, but he started going through the newspaper archives of the teens, the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s. And we were able to piece together, um, shockingly to everyone, including myself, what actually did happen. We were able to find out who the dude was, the circumstances around the match and what we believe actually happened and during the course of this uh this lockdown project that we're putting together i realized that this would be a really wonderful lens to examine gatekeeping as a whole in professional wrestling and I decided I wanted to reach out to three people who have been on both ends of that gatekeeping stick, you know, like have have prevented people from coming in, maybe at some points in their career and also have faced that um, and to see what their experiences were. So I reached out to Gerald Briscoe, you know, who came, out, came in in the sixties and seventies, uh, Dr. Tom who came in in the seventies and eighties and Lou Fisto who uh, came in the nineties and early two thousands to see all of their experiences and you know, a lot of it was eye-opening. A lot of it was shocking. Like Gerald Briscoe, he the one one of the biggest surprises I found was him telling me that, yeah, he did stretch people, which like of course he did. Uh, he's Gerald Briscoe, but uh, he regrets it. He he wishes he hadn't done it, and he realizes he was wrong to do that. And to find a old-timey wrestler not only uh, to acknowledge what they did, but to to have growth from that and say. That was dumb of me. I should have never done that. Uh, you don't you don't hear that that often. You hear people like we were talking before entrenched in their views and they're mad that uh, that the business has changed. Whereas a guy like Jerry, he's right at the forefront of it and he's changed right along with it. And I think that's wonderful, shocking, but wonderful.
0: And it's definitely something worth checking out. You want to go over to uh, TalesFromTheMat dot or like I said, throw in Tales from the Mat on. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, and this will pop up. I'm super interested in checking this out. Just the the names that you just dropped there alone are yeah. uh, are definitely worth listening to, and the story itself is phenomenal. Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure. We would love to have you come back on anytime. Anytime you want to come back on, uh, just reach out to us and let us know. Anything you want to leave the fans with before we let you uh, go about the rest of your evening?
5: Well, th- thank you so much and I appreciate you having me on. I'll just say that real quick with Tales from the Mat, I don't know how regularly I'll, I'll be doing it because it's dependent on my school schedule and my work schedule and whatnot, but I'd like to continue releasing documentaries, not necessarily all of them two hours long, just however long they need to be of just weird things in wrestling. And I love the ability to bring my friends in involved with that. Like, um... A lot of the narration throughout uh, Tales from the Mad is Me, but I have a bunch of guest appearances, whether it's uh, Masha Slamovich, who's able to record something from Japan, or Blake Chadwick, a a top uh, commentator, uh, sending in stuff from Florida, or even Anthony Green. It was his last project before he went to WWE, um, was able to have a cameo in there. Uh, And and Anthony was actually the one who came up with the whole Camp Leapfrog name, both of them. He came up with Camp Leapfrog and Camp Leapfrog, things that go bump in the ring. Um, So I'll just say, um, if... If the, the historical side of wrestling uh, interests you at all, check out Tales from the Mat. Uh, and if you're into campy, tongue-in-cheek fun, check out Camp Leapfrog. That's available on IWTV. And if you don't have an IWTV subscription, uh, you can register for free for a five-day trial with code Leapfrog. And I don't know anyone who has a, who got an IWTV subscription and didn't absolutely love it. It's the WWE Network for the indies. Um, and otherwise, I guess you can find me on social media at ref chris levin and that's chris with a k because my parents are difficult and yeah <laughs> let me know what you think of these projects i love talking to people about
0: them. uh chris has been an absolute pleasure again We pleasure there you uh, go i'm probably having a stroke every monday night it happens about the same time right. about 8 twenty two every monday i have i quit i'm done uh, chris, it's, been, <laughs> uh it's been a pleasure and uh, seriously anytime you want to come back on and shoot the shit or just you know, call into the Zoom. Now you have the info, and you can just jump in and join us as we pontificate on this wonderful world of professional wrestling. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Chris. Have a great night. We'll talk soon.
5: Thanks, Thank Chris. you so much for having me. I had a blast. I'll definitely be back soon. And make sure you ask Lucky about that uh, match with Squ- Scotty Vortex. I asked about. That was yes. a scary moment. <laughs> Good reminder.
0: Absolutely, we will, Chris. Thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your night, Thanks. brother.
5: Thanks, guys. Likewise. Take care. Bye, bud. Bye,
0: Chris. I knew I was gonna fucking. God damn it.
2: Why? You said it. You said it right. Pleasure, pleasure, whatever. Oh no,
0: man, I fucked up his name.
2: Oh, that. Uh, yeah, that sucked.
0: I'm the worst. I don't know why you well, bothered me. to be fair,
2: you went, le- you went, what, like Levine? What? And, and he said Levin? Levin. But and, I we, saying, and we yeah. thought it was Levin. So you were actually closer than you thought you were. Levine, Levin is not that bad. You had the right emphasis on the right syllable.
0: I don't even yeah. know the words that just came out of your mouth, KJJ. It's a, it's, a,
2: it's a quote from uh, uh, Awesome yeah. Powers, right? No.
0: Austin or Awesome?
2: It's a quote from somewhere. I don't remember where it is. Put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. It's from some movie. But you were closer than you thought you were.
0: Well, that's re- re- reassuring, I guess.
2: For sure. All
0: right, boys. What do they always like to say? Back after this.
1: We here at the Shining Wizards know that you love to do online shopping, and most of you do it through Amazon. But don't go to Amazon.com. Go to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, and when you shop, any money that you spend goes a little bit to support the show. It's not a whole lot, but every little bit helps. The more you buy, the more we get supported, and the more everybody can be happy, we can continue to bring you the best professional wrestling podcasting.
5: in a world where Hollywood tries to tell you how to live while
4: doing the exact opposite where fresh ideas are tossed away for a cash grab reboot where the media has become nothing but propaganda and freedom is traded for what they tell you is security and safety there is incomplete breakdown your weekly look at current events and entertainment with made no political correct vs just news and uncensored opinions everywhere you get podcasts a proud member of the shining wizards network
2: Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back join the impact player phil reyer and the portuguese man award choppy for the turnbuckle throwbacks wrestling podcast Live every week on RantEMradio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes,
3: Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com,
4: and TerranBubbleThrowbacks.com.
6: Horns up! This is Rock from Radioactive Metal. Join Snowy, Kareem, Aaron, and myself right here on the Shining Wizards Network every Friday
5: for your weekly metal fix. We talk to all your favorite artists, cover all the latest metal news, cover all the latest releases,
6: and feature brand new unsigned bands. So sit back, grab a beer, download the latest episode, and always remember, it's not metal unless it's radioactive metal.
3: Hey, this is Mike from The Midnight Jury. When you are done with this show, join my co-host Cal and I every week as we travel back to the last old-school generation of the 80s and 90s to review the best and worst in pop culture, horror, and music on wlwstudios.com or The Midnight Jury feeds on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Player FM. Go back in time when it was all about VHS, arcades and hanging out at the mall. And remember that every second Saturday of the month, we go live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on rantemradio.com, which includes taking your calls. Once again, that's the Midnight Jury where the 80s and 90s return from the dead on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and our home, WLWstudios.com. We'll see you there.
0: All right. We are back. It is time to thank those that support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. (laughs) If you are enjoying uh, the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast uh, and you're a listener subscriber uh, please check out our patreon go over to patreon.com forward slash wizards podcast and for as little as $1 a month you can support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast
4: Uh,
0: we're going to take this time to thank those that support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast Uh, and like I said for as little as $1 a month we will promote you on this show $3 a month you get our monthly watch alongs $5 a month we will plug your website your Twitter handle whatever you want us to ten dollars a month you get a uh quarterly box of wizardry and anything over fifteen dollars a month you get a bigger more valuable box of wizardry from us so at this time we want to thank kathy hummer the queen of the shining wizards uh mr manny carrazzo the king of the shining wizards uh danny and anthony Rusinello, the aop of the swp uh ryan arthur over at elementary brewery uh, the Elementary.com is the website if you're in the North Jersey area. Check them out. They're over in Hackensack. Uh, Sean Toe and Sean Calejo. Brett Simonello. Kate Hensler over at On Deck IC. You can listen to Kate the Great every Wednesday night on our Dynamite post show. Uh, Matt Garifo, no relationship to the KJG. Matt Mellinger. Uh, Miss Christine Friesendorf. Mr. Mark Parloni. Happy birthday, Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, Kenny Hawsey, the Scotch Drinkmore himself. Uh, Jay Cop, big cop of pump over on the Turnbuckle Throwbacks every Friday night here on The Rant. Uh, Thomas Copps, the Mott Spock. Mr. Michael Hammond. David Henry Bauer III, uh, his pal Antonio Hauserman makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, Mr. David Henry, good luck. Hopefully you get that new job, brother. Uh, Matthew Birch, TJ Vegas, and of course, the one and only... Mr. William Mercier Jr.
2: Lives are going to be in William
0: Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? Kevin, I know what you mean. Whew.
2: Shocked myself three times during that commercial break.
0: Well, brace yourselves, boys. Winter is coming. Man, do I miss Game of Thrones. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. And now he's a cripple just like Tony Z because he wants to use his goddamn fucking lawnmower 3.0 in the fucking dark in the shower with his goddamn flashlight on it. LED light.
2: That's a great light. Uh, It's a great light. Shine a little light on my balls.
0: That's it. That's all you got to do. Now we just don't have the fucking lawnmower guys.
2: No, no, no. There's a lot more than that, my friend.
0: We, and I'm excited about this. And I don't know if you heard me talk about it Wednesday night. They got the weed. The, well, we heard
1: you try to talk about it Wednesday
0: night. Man, I fucked that up. But the weed, I'm excited about the weed whacker, the, the oh. nose and the ear hair trimmer. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting sometimes I don't know if my mustache hairs or my nose or my nose hairs are part of my mustache. Stop oh, it.
2: same, dude. Same. And listen, we're not getting any younger, so it's only going to get worse. But we got we're still young enough where we can take care of this stuff. And no better way to take care of it than with the Weed Whacker.
0: Exactly. And this has a a propriety skin-safe technology to help prevent (laughs) nicks, snags, and tugs. Uh, What are you laughing at? Me trying to read the read?
2: Yeah. (laughs) but incredible stuff.
0: Yeah. They also have, I don't know if you guys know about this, the foot duster, foot deodorant. You got them stinky-ass feet. You're putting on them fucking... Super wool socks, and you're going running around all day like a jackaloon.
5: Your yeah.
0: feet are gonna smell like shit. You get the. I've foot. had
2: these. I've had these Timberlands on all day. It's brutal. I can't. Oh, I, yeah.
0: I, uh, my feet smell
1: like shit because I shit on my feet.
0: Well, that sounds they're... like a person to stop going to the bathroom in the dark, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. Well,
2: See, well you know that what? That what's what, what, The foot duster could probably help with that.
0: You need a toilet light three point oh. I get
1: shit in the dark.
2: For the dirtiest feet, my man. and you go, it, it doesn't get much dirtier than shit feet.
0: The dirtiest feet in the game. Pew!
2: Matt, do you want to smell good everywhere?
0: I do, Kevin. I need all the help I can get, let's be honest. We're,
2: we're done. <laughs> good, because the refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean, fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. none of which we are. But it works for us, too.
0: Hey, look, if I just smell nice, maybe people think I'm a gentleman until I open my mouth and then it's all bets are off.
2: That's right. And it's tough to lug this stuff around. Well, at least it used to be, but not so much anymore, because Matt, Tony, Tony T-Donk, you got the Shed Travel Bag, baby.
1: Fuck yeah. And you want us to talk about traveling? You can get manscaped in the UK. You can get manscaped in Canada. And I think you can get Manscaped down under. Not just down under. I mean, Australia, too. Imagine getting down under. That's
2: like double down under. That's fucking
1: insane.
2: And not to mention the anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code wizards at Manscaped.com. Guys, follow us because we are a Manscaped pod. We are a hashtag Manscaped pod and of course during the winter You may be spending more time inside With your balls might as well make them beautiful Right Matt
0: absolutely Manscaped.com code word wizards at checkout 20% off of free shipping um,
2: And remember Oh take care, take care of your balls Because they're in your court Get that over
0: Get that over sooner or later Got to get that over sooner or later gator Tony give me just, <laughs> I just, Just because I love I love this time Of the year it's crisp Halloween just passed, and Survivor Series is right in front of us. And how much do you love brand supremacy?
1: The fucking greatest thing since Bruno San Martino.
0: Now, I'm just going to flat out, i just got to ask a question. Oh, uh, Did I read the wrong read? No, you're yeah. good. You're good. You're you. <laughs> brand supremacy, baby. What's the fucking point? There is none. Oh, wait, all right, yeah.
1: The point is to make sure that one brand is a superior over the other. That's the point.
0: But they don't do anything with it. There's no, like, there's nothing, at like, after Survivor Series, or right to Royal Rumble, right into WrestleMania season, point at the fucking sign, bullshit. What's the point? Why should I be excited for Randy Orton against Roman Reigns?
1: Because Randy Orton, it depends on what you're a fan of. If you're a fan of SmackDown, you like the Roman Reigns. You have to support Roman Reigns. If you're a fan of Raw, you got to support... Randy
0: Orton. What if I right? just like good wrestling, why does it have to why does it have to be champion versus champion? Why can't it be a story where I'm invested in? Like so we got we have the Roman Reigns stuff on Smackdown where Jey Uso has finally seen the light and they like cripple fucking Daniel Bryan Friday night, right? So how are we going now we're, so the, the Tribal Warrior whatever the fuck he is like how is Drew Mac or Drew McIntyre how is Randy Orton going to be involved? Like how, is it is it just because they're champions? They're like, eh, oh, you guys can have a hundred percent what it is. That's, yeah, that's fucking that's, I can't I don't care then. Maybe but, but you meant you, you, you mentioned
2: you mentioned a key phrase there. If you're a fan of good wrestling, how could you not be a fan of Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns?
1: Well, here here's the problem, Kevin. You're pretty much putting your two best athletes, your 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 benchmark of each show against each other. And number one, it doesn't fit storylines, and then number two, like you just made Randy Orton. The WWE champion again. Now you're going to fucking potentially have him lose to Roman Reigns. Like it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Well, what, does,
2: what doesn't make sense about it is that they're two. And, and Tony, to your point, it, it throws all current storylines out the window at least for a month. But yeah. is anyone is anyone really going to miss a month of 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 storylines being thrown out the window? I mean, they're thrown out the window every week. Like, is, uh, isn't that fair? No, but not on that level. But is anyone really going to miss? Because as soon as it's over, they're going to build to whatever the next show is. Yeah. But... On own brands. Who, who's really going to miss this month? No one. And if I can get a good Randy Orton Roman Reigns match out of it. But I'll, t- I'll take that. I mean, I could care less about the, the survivor series matches at this point. I don't even know what they are, Matt. I haven't watched other than NXT. You haven't watched a, a, an ounce of WWE programming this week It's or, or last week. So it's kind of,
1: It's like going to an Italian restaurant and one of the courses, they bring you a fucking burrito. And it's a delicious burrito. It's got beans and chorizo and fucking rice and all this other good shit in it. And then they bring you like your fucking chicken parm or your fucking fettuccine Alfredo or whatever.
2: I'm okay with all of that.
1: No, I am too. But if I'm in the mood for Italian food and they bring me a great burrito, it's like, all right, but
2: why? Well, you still got your chicken parm, according to your story.
1: Yeah, but now your burrito just fucking throws a whole monkey wrench in the works. Like, mm-hmm. why do you want to eat a burrito while you're while you're Jones for a time? Right, you're
0: going to and... burp that burrito up while you're eating fucking yeah. fettuccine and then you're literally going to throw up all over the fucking table, throw yeah. it off the old pallet,
1: be puking the Royal Rumble all over the place. And you don't want to puke the Royal Rumble. You love the Royal Rumble fucking I It fucking to WrestleMania.
2: I do love
0: the Royal I, Rumble. I just I hate how WWE with everything they do is so paint by numbers. It's it's yep. This month is Hell in the Cell. This is this. This is TLC. This is when Money in the Bank is. Like, like, oh, Survivor Series is just going to be brand versus brand for nothing. But someone's going to lose. You're not wrong. So when, when Bobby Lashley beats Sami Zayn, everything that Sami Zayn disappeared off TV for, then he came back and did the whole feud with AJ and Jeff Hardy and all that other happy horse shit. Now it's like, oh, well, he can't beat Bobby Lashley, so what's the fucking point? Yep. Right, you're right. Like, that's why, and and that's why I've said it time and time again on the show. I will not invest five hours watching fucking Raw and SmackDown every week. When I watched uh, Hell in a Cell two weeks ago, the fucking production pieces before every match that catch you up, like, I still, Uh I don't understand how. And and you look at at social media and people are fucking miserable. Why are you going to watch something that makes you fucking miserable?
2: Uh Yeah. Man, I mean, I won't go as far as to say it makes me miserable, but I don't care if I don't watch it. And it, it I never thought that I'd say that. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'd feel this way if it wasn't, you know, the COVID era. But I have no interest. I didn't watch SmackDown. I didn't watch Raw. I'm getting, I'm getting to Matt level where I just don't, I don't care if I miss it.
0: I mean, look, it's just if something's good, you watch a clip on Facebook, on Twitter, on their YouTube. Like, you have yeah. to sit through a whole fucking show because there's not you're not because that that aura of like, oh, I have to watch Raw or SmackDown because I'm going to miss something is gone. And it is, I think it's been yeah. gone for years.
2: It's been gone. You're right. Uh
0: the, you're 100 percent right. The stuff with Roman Reigns is super interesting. The stuff with the Fiend and Alexa Bliss on Raw is interesting. But again, those are things I can wake up tomorrow morning. And go to the WWE Facebook page or their Twitter, and I can watch that one and a half minute segment.
2: Yeah, and I don't think that I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, to be honest with you. I think that that makes you. To me, that's the in twenty twenty. That's the equivalent of actually watching Raw, if that makes any sense. Like you, like you go and pick out what you want to watch. Just like if you were watching a three hour show on Raw, you would switch to stuff that you would switch to another channel when it didn't interest you. Like you watch, you throw on Monday Night Football if something didn't didn't pique your interest, or you watch, you know, Law and Order, or you watch Nitro, if it didn't pique your interest, then you go back for stuff that does. It's kind of the same thing, but just an you know uh, expedited process where I can just go to to the WWE page, or I can go to the YouTube, or I can go to Facebook, and just watch what I want to watch. I think that's okay. Doesn't help the ratings, but I think that's okay.
1: It's just, WWE just has too much shit going on. Like Matt said, Roman Reigns has got a great storyline. I'm okay with the with the battle between Randy Orton and Claymore, to be honest with you, but just put, trying to put them together for the sake of putting together makes no sense. And there's just still way too much WWE to go around. It's easy to catch up on. It always has been. And there's a lot more options out there. Like I genuinely enjoy that 90 minutes every week watching UWN. There's stuff that I enjoy watching on AEW as much as I shit on it. I do find some entertaining stuff. Now, look, I find entertaining stuff in WWE. I love the whole Sasha Bailey storyline. I love how that all art and came together. I love the Roman Reigns. stuff. I fucking love the hurt business. I'm all guys. It's a great fucking group. I'm glad that they're fucking destroying retribution and getting rid of that shit. Finally, (laughs) to me, That's a great way if you're not fucking happy with retribution to fucking get them out in storyline purposes.
2: Is that already gone? Are they already done?
1: Maybe. But, Kev, it's fucking five hours a week, plus you got 205 Live, plus you got two versions of NXT, and then once a month, sometimes twice a month, you've got four hours at minimum on a pay-per-view between the hour fucking pre-show that has a match and a round table, and then another 245 or 345 of matches and, and backstory to everything. It's a lot to digest for one fucking brand. It's just a lot. And the presentation, no matter which one you look at, they're all pretty much the same. That's why. That's why AEW uh, d- does well in my eyes because it's something a little different. That's why I like UWA. It's something different. That's why I watched MLW. That's why I watched NWA. It's just something a little different to break up the monotony of fucking you know seven, eight, nine hours a week plus the ma- plus the pay per views. It's a lot, and it's the same kind of fucking like distribution and and the same you know look, the same everything.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy that uh that we're talking about it as as too much wrestling but it really i mean there's so much who has time to to take it all in you know
2: it's I, i i think that we finally and we probably have for the last god 10 15 years we finally have officially aged out of wwe i think we have I think we really, like, and I've, you know, corporate Kevin, yada, yada, this and that, watching it because it is wrestling. And I would still rather watch wrestling than other than, other than actual sports. I'd probably rather watch wrestling than just about anything else on TV. But it might be to the fact that it's just, it's losing us. It's turned, to quote Tony, it's turned on us, or we've turned on it.
1: It's, it's a lot. It's just a lot to digest and to matt's point you watch the pay-per-view you don't have to worry about catching up with the storylines yeah. you know like the whole otis thing is fucking zach Ryder all over again but to be honest with you like when i watched zach Ryder for his go around i genuinely felt bad for him because he was fucking built up and it was a great story and they just shit on him every every chance they got otis i don't know if it's age i don't know if it's because i've seen it before but I think the storyline, the way it was done was much better. And let's be honest, you know, it's a different situation because he won money in the bank, but was Otis really going to cash in the title nope. the title yeah, and,
2: and win? You know what I'm saying? I, so- I think, I think their idea was good, but it was just way too soon. And he was not, I mean, Otis is, is great for a role. He has a place just like a lot of other guys before him had a place and he might be a world champion one day. I'm not going to say he's not, I think it was just, I think it was just too soon. And, and it was the right. I think. I mean, I'm not here to criticize or to compliment, but I think it was the right move to get that briefcase out of his hands. And to be honest, the way it was done
1: with his with his friend turning on him, yeah. and it's the fucking icing on the cake that it was against the Miz. Oh my god, that's beautiful. It's my guy, it's really beautiful. Uh, Matt. Our guest is will be joining us in a couple of seconds. Actually,
0: fantastic. There he is. There he is, Mr. Lucky. How are you, sir?
6: I'm oh, sorry. Did you, did you say something?
0: Yes, Mister Lucky. How are you?
6: Oh, there we go. I can hear you. I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. Welcome to the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. For somebody who was in the the Danny Havoc Hardcore Title Tournament, you look like you're in pretty good shape. I know you went to war uh, a couple times over the weekend. Uh,
6: yeah, I mean, I made it out okay. Um, I have not wrestled twice on Sunday, so. Uh, I mean, I'm feeling pretty beaten up and worn down now, but I got a I got a week to uh, recover before we do it again. So,
0: yeah, that seems a bit uh, seems a bit crazy in in my opinion. You're going right from uh, from Bam Sullivan, Devin Moore, Drew Blood, Scotty Vortex over into Shane uh, at the Nick Gage Invitational, uh, and I think they just announced what type of match it is. And if I can pull it up over here, uh, uh,
6: barbed wire and light tube bundles. What
0: is, can you please, for those not familiar, what is a barbed wire and?
6: <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure you're familiar with the, uh, you know, fluorescent light tubes, the long, uh, you know, long light tubes that, uh, well, I guess if you ever watched Death Back Wrestling, that they smash each other over uh, each other's heads and stuff. They're going to be um, in bundles as opposed to just single ones, I'm assuming around the ring. Barbed wire? I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be like some barbed wire doors. I don't know if they're going to wrap the rings in barbed wire. I have no idea what the plan is. I really, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what to expect. I just know what uh, what implements uh, we're going to be using to inflict pain on each other. So I guess we'll find out.
0: Do you prefer the single the single tube or the bundle?
6: Uh, I prefer none. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know they're they're not not really a preference one or the other uh they both suck
0: so you've been doing the bar the the deathmatch wrestling for a long time um what's you ever been on the receiving end of the dildo?
6: no i haven't but i was like the first one to like make the dildo popular in deathmatch wrestling like if you remember me and me and Jackie Numazawa had a dildo death match at Tournament of Death in like 2012, maybe. Um, and I remember Jackie came in and Jackie actually didn't know what a dildo was <laughs> until he got there. And then he realized what we were doing. And and I remember the look on his face when he saw what was going on. He was like, I really flew from Japan for this. I was like yep, <laughs> yeah yeah um, but he, no he, he he yeah he had a good time with it, and then you know, a couple of years later, that's when like uh like I think Connor and Dan started using it first, and then like Louie's been using it a lot, but
4: that's Louis yeah, baby. I was
6: uh, yeah i yeah, I had like the dildo ladder, which was a ladder just with like. Dildos just attached all to it, like flopping around the sides and stuff. It was uh, there's a good picture of it somewhere, like on my Instagram or something. <laughs> now, do you
0: go to the store and buy all the dildos, or do you send somebody? Do you send like the green kid, like, hey, go get like fifty dildos?
6: Well, that was fans bring the dildos. <laughs> so the fans, so the, brand, the fans brought them all, um, and I showed up, and there's a, a kiddie pool just filled filled with dildos. And some of them weren't in the package. And I'm like, we're not using those. No, no, no. Like, just throw those ones away. Like,
0: <laughs> nah, it's people what are, are you- look. I was a restaurant manager and a woman once left a dildo in a shoebox out in the parking lot. And she called and came back for it. Okay. <laughs> I, people are into that shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever think in your life, when you started training to be a professional wrestler, that you'd be talking about dildo death matches?
6: Uh, well, no, because I mean I started at Chikara, so the dildo match wasn't really on Chikara's radar. Uh, I don't know why it seems to just sell tickets, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, f- fuck, you know.
6: <laughs> you would you would think like with the ants
1: and like with with the ice creams, you would think like they'd have like los dildos and they'd have them like unicorn fucking heads or something i mean that that would work. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: that'd be more of like a hood slam thing, I think yeah <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh
0: so you got to take part in the Danny havoc hardcore title tournament this week, and it was also the farewell to Matt Tremont. What does Matt Tremont mean? to you and to the world of professional wrestling, especially because we're all, uh, I mean, the three of us are from Jersey um, and, and we know we've, we've known Matt for quite a few years now and just how important he is to the wrestling scene in this area. What does it mean to his peers?
6: I mean, well, I was, yeah, I remember when Matt first came in and he was, uh, cause uh, it was, I think 2010 um, I'm guessing. Cause I remember they went down to uh, Alabama somewhere down south Uh, for a deathmatch tournament and Billy Granberg with him because I was in a cult fiction at the time and uh, I remember when Billy came back the first thing he said is dude you got to see this kid Matt Tremont he's fucking nuts um and then there was literally like two or three months later CZW brought him in and I met him for the first time and uh you know we wrestled a few we haven't really wrestled too much we probably only had a couple matches but um Yeah, I don't know. He's just so like easygoing and easy to get along with that. And and I'm kind of like the same way that uh, we were, we're, you know, we kind of got to to got, got, got along well with each other. Um, And, uh, yeah, became friends outside of right. And I know when uh, like when Grant's wife passed and I showed up at Grant's wife's house uh, that next day, it was, you know, me, Grant. Devin Moore and Matt, you know, so we all kind of have like a tight bond with each other. Uh, um, And to me, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really see Matt as like a wrestling peer. I see him like as a friend. Uh, So, you know, uh, I mean, I'm still going to see him around and everything. He's still running H2O. He's still, uh, you know, promoting shows. And uh, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not losing him in my life, but you know, uh, he, he, he's, he's put his body through a lot though. He deserves a little, a little break, man.
2: Now
4: but,
6: uh, you know. Let, guess, let's say no one ever stays retired in wrestling. Let's see how uh, long this lasts.
2: I was gonna we, say you the word use the word break instead of
6: uh, retirement. Yeah,
1: Louis. Yeah, Louis, re- Louis retired like thirteen times on our show alone. So I mean, yeah,
6: I yeah. I think I've retired twice too now. So we'll see how long it lasts.
0: <laughs> what is what is it is is it what brings you back when you decide to take a break? Is it you just miss the boys? You miss being in front of the crowd. I mean. Now it's a little different obviously 2020 has been a fucking shit show but what what is is it the pull is it just a love for pro wrestling that that brings you back
6: Yeah I think that's it you just start to miss it you miss your friends I mean it's funny cuz wrestling you have this like bond with people like this weekend I saw Marcus who I only see you know 2 3 times a year but it's like uh whenever I see him uh it's like it's like I see him every week you know and we're like best friends and hang out and and you got a lot of bonds like that with guys in wrestling that you only see every so often, but, it, you know, it's like somebody that you spend every weekend with. Um, so there is like, yeah, that brotherhood. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about being out there in front of the crowd. You miss it. And then, you know what, also seeing your friends succeed, like getting to see, like, Drew on, you know, Raw and Orange Cassie now on AEW and stuff. Just seeing that, you're kind of like – yeah, it, it draws you back because you're like, oh man, look at these guys getting opportunities, you know? And so know. What, that's the best answer I can give. You. <laughs> what goes
2: through, no, no, that's fine. But like what goes what goes through somebody's mind when they decide to enter this this I guess genre of professional wrestling? Is it something that that's innate? Is it something that they just say, Hey, this is an opportunity, I'll do it? Or is it something that, that they just they just enjoyed their entire life maybe watching earlier product maybe watching and tape trading from Japan and, and stuff like that what, what what gets somebody into this genre of professional wrestling
6: so I was always um like when I was doing CZW in like 2006 when like me and Orange Cassidy were like a tag team there and stuff I remember like when Zandig and and um well Zandig was gone by then but we used to go to the right. shows in 2002 and 2003 and shit before them but um like seeing the death matches and stuff I literally couldn't watch them like I was like appalled and afraid and I'm like <laughs> these guys are fucking nuts and then I retired the first time uh, uh, and uh, I wanted to get back into wrestling and uh, I didn't want to go back though to having to do like those you know shindies those shit indies and like build myself back up and I was like fuck man what am I gonna do to get back to where I was you know um, and my phone rang and it was Mike Burns who was booking CZW at the time and he was like hey you want to come Come back to CZW, and I was like, absolutely. And he was like, "There's one catch. Uh, you're gonna have to do death matches, but you get the main event cage death." Um, so I had this opportunity from sitting on my couch to is. 12 months later being able to main event the you know the biggest show. And at that time, CZW was you know such a huge deal, one of the biggest independent shows of you know the year. Yeah. Um, so I jumped at the opportunity. I'm like, hey, you know, I could I could probably. Cut myself a little bit and see how it goes. I mean, and then once you do one, it, 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 you know, it kind of the first one I remember being absolutely scared shitless for. I did it against uh, Danny Havoc, who uh, just absolutely took care of me. He could tell I was nervous and everything. He's like, "Dude, you'll be fine. You know, I'll take care of you." And then once you do like the first one, it's yeah, they get easier. I mean, they don't they don't hurt less; they just get easier.
2: <laughs> but go, but going into you said after the first one they they, they, they get easier, but Going into each one individually, do you look at each one differently, and do you still have that weird little fear in the back of your head that something might go wrong?
6: Yeah, I absolutely had that today when I uh, I saw what the match was announced for the NGI. Like that's like that's always like the first thing that like pops <laughs> into my head. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we're all like professionals. It's still it's still a work. We're still there to you know try to keep each other safe and stuff. Of so you do it the best you can and uh so yeah try not to maim try not to maim the other guy so (laughs) they
0: don't they don't tell you beforehand you found out about this bundles and barbed wire the same time the rest of us did
6: uh yep (laughs) that's
0: that's fucking horrifying
6: yeah a little bit
0: that scares me i don't like that i love watching deathmatch wrestling but uh that's like
2: the opposite of getting stuff for christmas it's like you're looking forward to everything that you might open up on Christmas, but now you're just like every day you're just like what the fuck they have for me. What the fuck they have for me? What the fuck they have for me?
6: Well, I kinda had I kinda had uh, an idea, because uh, I was staying with Alex this weekend at uh uh Maddie shows, so we had a room together and we were talking about it and he was like, I'm pretty sure you're working Mercer and it's like a barbed wire gimmick. So I, I had an idea of what right. was going on, but then when I saw it announced, I'm like, Oh, I guess it's light like two bundles too. Like <laughs>
0: Now he got the best of you at the Acid Cup, so do you think you're going to get some redemption here?
6: Uh, he's a big motherfucker, dude. And like, in, <laughs> and
0: in a tournament like this, I mean, are you really trying to advance to the next round when it just gets... <laughs>
6: so 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 going back to <laughs> what we said, to where you were like, uh, oh, you did two more, and you only have five days to prepare, and you gotta you have to do this again. And I was like. Yeah and if I win I have to do it three more times like um yeah sometimes winning I don't think is uh you know you get all the prestige and everything but uh hey you got to go through three of those in one night it's fucking rough dude
0: Yeah and it, it's a it's a deep field Arrowboy AJ Gray Louis Mance uh Masada Mercer Alex Cologne. it's the fucking heavy hitters man there's no there's no easy way to win the the Nick Gage Invitational
6: yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people, like I was reading uh, the predictions and everything, are sleeping on Arrow Boy, too. Like, he's awesome. Him and him. is he? Who is he wrestling? Alex? What's all this today?
0: Uh, yes, I believe he's got Cologne in the first round, and I think uh, Dude, got him louis has got Louis Mance, I think.
6: Yeah, him and Alex is going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, light tubes and ladders.
6: Yeah, that's going to be Arrow Boy's nuts, and so is Alex, obviously.
0: <laughs> See, I, so I to be, yeah, I think I like the Masada AJ Gray. I love AJ Gray. I think he's fantastic, uh, and I don't think people give Masada enough credit for just being a wrestler, let alone a deathmatch wrestler. So that I think flies I've, under.
6: I've, I've wrestled both in death matches. Um, I wrestled Masada at a tournament of death. Oh, I wrestled Masada the next round after I beat Jackie Newmazal at a tournament of death, um, and then I obviously I wrestled AJ at the last uh, the GCW show in at Atlantic City um uh man masada fucking hits hard dude (laughs) was was he doing Uh, the uh... aj 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 hits hard too but dude masada masada's like a he's a whole nother level man he's he even just looking at that guy he's scary dude he's so Arrow Boy's my dark horse masada's my pick to win it all besides me of course of course
0: does, was, he still, was Masada still doing the, uh, the skewers? Was he doing the skewers by the when you were wrestling him, or was that not yet to happen?
6: No, yeah, he was doing the skewers. Luckily, uh, I uh, didn't have to take him. Uh, well, I think he likes me for some reason, so he, he doesn't try to murder me as much as he does everybody else, uh, which is good. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, know, I know he didn't like, for whatever reason, he wasn't a big fan of Scotty Vortex. So whenever him and Scotty wrestled, like everybody would just like peek out from the crowd, like how's this gonna go from behind the curtain? And there was one time where um, he didn't call it. Scotty said in the match where Masada flipped the chair upside down, so the legs were pointing up, and he powerbombed Scotty on top of it. And that was the only time I've ever seen that. I was like, that could have went horribly wrong. But luckily, like I said, Masada, he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. Scotty didn't get injured, but just seeing that, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like who? Yeah. So uh, if I don't know if Masada likes AJ or I don't know if they've ever met, but yeah, if he doesn't like you, uh, it's it's gonna get pretty fucking wild.
2: Man. So likes you, no murder. Doesn't like you, murder.
6: Yeah, Necro Butcher used to be the same way. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've seen some of like necro stuff with people like you know necro Joe and yeah, uh, absolutely yeah. Luckily everybody seems to like me, so I've never really gotten fucking killed too bad in the ring.
0: We had, uh, we had Chris, uh, Chris we'll see, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fight TV this Saturday, uh, the NGI. Yeah. Um, we had Chris Levin on earlier, um, and he, we talked about the first time he had to stop a match. Uh, and it was you and Scotty Vortex, he said.
6: Was that my match? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so he wanted
6: us to yeah, ask you. Yeah, I got bombed on a ladder. Yes. And... Yeah. Uh, so I got we... power bombed on a ladder, and it, like, took a, like, giant scoop out of my back. And I remember when it happened, like, because I-, I couldn't see what happened, but I remember when it happened, the first thing, uh, I was like, oh, why is my back burning? Like, that's usually not the feeling you get like <laughs> no did my headphones just die no we no, good. oh they did here let me take these off um yeah so I was like uh why why do I have burning? Um and then I rolled in the ring and I remember Chris like meaning and going dude you're really fucked up and I was like what and he's like dude I can't let you wrestle um <laughs> and he stopped the match and I didn't know what to do and uh Danny Havoc and Devin Moore ran out from the back and uh yeah, I I think DJ or Maven might have been out there and they were like, Do you want to stop the match? And I'm like, No, I don't want to stop the match. It's tournament death. Fucking tape it up or something. And 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 you know, Danny Havoc, whose uh, opinion I hold, you know, very high, he was like, Yeah, he'll be fine. We can take him to the hospital after. Just tape it up. And I was like, See? So then everybody listened to him, of course, and we taped it up and just continued the match. Um, yeah, that was uh that was probably my second worst injury though. I did have one in uh Massachusetts, which was right here. Um, I actually just posted, I think, the video on my Instagram like two weeks ago where it looked like I uh, got shot like or stabbed. Well, I did get stabbed actually Uh, right here. And it took like 38 stitches to close. Um, And it was like a hole like, yeah, probably like that big, like right here in my armpit. I could still actually feel it where it's like it feels different than my other arm. I don't know. It's kind of gross. Check it out if you get a chance (laughs) at Big Wig NJ on Instagram
0: wow that's horrifying
6: (laughs) yeah you know what light tubes fuck me up all the time so as soon as i saw like like when alex was like oh it's barbara i'm like oh sweet it's barbara and then i saw light tube bundles remember how we were like you have that moment where you're like ah fuck i was like oh no light tubes again (laughs) ah
0: What So, light tubes, uh, and we talked about death matches with Chris before, so he said they're, the, like, the most unpredictable. And then, as you can tell, we're friends with Louis, and I've seen the one where they ripped the thing out of it. What's it called? The gaffer? What's it? The Gustav? Plate? Gussie, the Gussie. the Gussie plate. The gusset plate, yeah. And they had to fucking pry that out of his head. Casanova Valentine, and somebody else had to pop that off of his nasty fucking dome. What's So, we don't like light tubes. But what's, like, something where you're like... No. What the fuck? Like, why are we Car- even gonna- carpet
6: strips, carpets? What? The oh, f- really? Yeah. Oh, I hate hey, carpet strips, which I had to do this weekend. Because uh, you know why? Because they're they're a they hurt way more than they look like they should. Yeah. Like, uh, and they're like wrestling, like putting on a performance and everything is very visual and like auditory. They don't make a great sound. And visually you can't tell like light tubes, boom, they explode. There's this dust, there's all that. You don't get that with carpet strips. So the amount of pain that you get for the payoff, it's like, fuck those things, man. I hate carpet strips.
1: Carpet strips suck. I fucking stick my finger every time I got to move carpet in the house, it sucks. I can't imagine getting hit in the fucking back or in the dome or something with that.
6: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Fucking terrible. So carpet
6: strips are definitely my least favorite.
1: Hardcore wrestling talking about shit I do around the house. (laughs) <laughs> but i do speak from experience yeah they suck uh,
0: we're on the line with lucky 13 at neo shooter on the twitter machine now interesting uh formation you and you are now a very good death match wrestler and you are teaming with a very good professional wrestler uh how did that tag team come
6: about Ooh. uh well we wrestled each other at what was that hustle yes um
0: no contest you guys went to right
6: yeah, because the referee sucked. It was a chick. I had to punch her in the mouth because Dasher's a gentleman and he wouldn't. Wow, you know, had to straighten her out, like you know, in the mouth. I would see <laughs> that might have came across bad. That might
2: have came. It's a referee. I we'll would, look at it as a referee. Now. I would have punched yeah, her yeah, in the
6: tits. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, um, you know, and actually, we're me and uh, Dasher actually live about five miles apart from each other, so. Uh, We actually hang out all the time and train together and we were like, hey, we should make a tag team. Uh, So that happened. Um, I don't even know what Matt's next show is, but I think we're going to start teaming uh, as a team there. uh, Probably like November, December. We got a few other, uh, you know, tricks up our sleeves and guys we kind of might want to bring into our very good wrestling stable i guess you might want to call it oh, like so that. it it, it, it may like it. it may it may expand in the future so you should look out for that um but i know i, I announced sunday at sean henderson's show that uh, me and dasher are going to be wrestling boomer and molly mccoy uh at his next show which i don't know when that is i should i probably should have like a list of my dates to be like hey here's my show but, yeah but i'm terrible at Promoting. I have a show this Saturday in Atlantic City.
0: <laughs> the Nick Gage Invitational, number five, available on yeah. Fight TV, Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, you've been doing a lot of stuff with Game Changer, um, and it's really shown a, a great light on you. Uh, people might uh, shoehorn you into the death match uh, genre, but man, you when you hit those fucking shooting star presses off the top rope to the outside, goddamn, I'm fucking... Pump, man! I keep going to your Twitter over here, and
6: every time do I you see want me do, you want me to do one this weekend?
0: Look, I, you you got enough on your plate, bro. You got fucking bundles <laughs> of light tubes. You got barbed wire. Who knows? Shane Mercer's a big boy. Who I don't know.
2: Matt, uh, you, Matt, you 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 just said yes. He just offered to hit a home run for you, like like he was like uh, Babe
6: Ruth. I'm gonna do a tope now. That's it. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so you, he he offered, and you were like no.
0: Look, I'd, I'm. he's got a long night ahead of him, okay? If he's going to beat Mercer and he's going to go on to God knows what waits for him in the second round. What kind of crazy weed whacker, alligators in a fucking fish tank, crazy Japanese bullshit is waiting there. I would rather
6: do the alligators in the fish tank than weed
0: whackers.
2: Because yeah. if... Because if you're an alligator in a fish tank, odds are it's probably not that big a game. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, when I was 15 and I was buying those fucking deathmatch videos off of RF video and I'm like, alligator deathmatch, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's just fucking holding him over a fish tank and there's like a baby alligator yeah, the, in the it. The piranha deathmatch. <laughs> who's, who's your, so you get thrown into the deathmatch scene. Um, do you go back and watch like the Onidas and the Pogos and the Mick Foley's and the Terry Funk's? Or are you just like, I'm just going to fucking do whatever?
6: Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, um, actually, my favorite my favorite deathmatch wrestler was Hayabusa. Um, I guess you could say every deathmatch wrestler, right? He was doing, like, exploding cages yeah. and shit. Um, and I-, I always admired that he was uh, a wrestler first that did crazy shit. So I kind of try to do the same thing where I just – I still try to – wrestle wrestling matches but we just implement all of that stuff into it rather than just go try to do like the dumbest stuff you can um so that's kind of yeah it just turns out that everything i do is dumb anyway
0: (laughs) well i mean i don't know if that's true now come on just don't start a singing career because i don't know japanese but i don't think Hayabusa's singing career was all that great to be perfectly honest with you
6: i was in the uh, pennsylvania boys choir for a little bit
0: now you gotta sing. What are we singing? Let's sing. A, let's sing a little ditty. Who you bad? Uh, I'm, I'm
6: a little hoarse from this weekend. So is Orange Cassidy, though. You should hear him sing. He don't talk much. Yeah. He just He's got sticks. a voice of an angel, though.
0: He just sticks his fucking hands in his pockets. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- Tony, you look like you want to say something.
1: I want to hear Orange Cassidy sing. I, I want to hear. I want to hear uh, Lucky Thirteen sing, but I want to hear Orange Cassidy sing because that must be a who.
6: Uh, I'm definitely not seeing right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe like if you're lucky, like, uh, oh, good. Uh, me and Orange uh, Cassidy, will like break out a duet on like Instagram one day or something. Ooh, That's a good way to get right? it. That'd be sweet.
1: Or if you guys happen to be together, hit us up. We could do a live on our show. That'd be awesome.
6: I was actually going to stay at his house Saturday night, but. By the time the match show got over at like 1230, I was like, dude, I'm just going to stay at the wrestlers hotel down the road. Like, I don't feel like driving back to Philly.
1: I don't blame you. I don't. Yeah. blame. You.
6: <laughs> so
0: 2020 <clears> has been a rough year for everybody, and I'm sure you as well. What have you taken anything positive out of this, though? Uh, I know the wrestling landscape has changed. Nope. Sounds about right, man. It's been a fucking shit year. Um,
6: Yeah, my friends are all dying. Fucking work got closed for three months. Like, the country's going to shit. Like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) You're on this podcast? It's rough, bro. Shit's rough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hard times, daddy. Hard times.
0: Um. Wow, I just lost my train of thought again. Well, at least I didn't pronounce your name wrong like I did the Chris. So we we got that going for us. Um, it's a tough
6: one to fuck up.
0: <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you would not be surprised at the amount of shit I fuck up. So,
1: yeah, that can't speak.
0: <laughs> Being a part of the game changer wrestling, the Nick Gage, this this the swell of just he's like the biggest baby face in wrestling. Uh, and you being, you know, CZW for so long and knowing Nick for so long, is this a surprise to you when he comes back and he is just like over like Rover?
6: Um, I, I, uh, I don't know if it was a surprise that, uh, that, that he was so over. I, cause it was like, everybody really missed him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like when I left, nobody was like, Oh, can't wait for lucky 13 to come back it was just like i'm gone everyone's like and then i showed up later and it was like oh it's that guy again whereas like nick gage people like people actually knew like when he was getting like out of jail and everything so there was almost like a countdown to when nick was like coming back to wrestling you know what i mean um yeah and he's always just had this like aura about him where he's just such a badass and like just his entrance alone, like, how can you not be a Nick Gage fan? Just, like, if you've never been to a wrestling show before and the first match you see is Nick Gage and you just see that entrance, there's no way you're not like, I don't fucking love this guy immediately.
0: Do you think it has to do with the fact that it's, like, that's, you are getting Nick Gage. There's no, like, this is a little bit of who Nick, like, that's just who Nick Gage is. He's a fucking ass kicker, no bullshit kind of guy. I, I think that has a big part to do with it
6: yeah well remember like i said before about masada being scary like nick gage same way like they're just dudes they're very like intimidating even when you meet them uh just yeah and like you said he's a a no nonsense there to kick ass is yeah uh he's and and you mentioned
2: yeah and it was that was such a weird time to be like when that whole story happened with him and, and, and everything went down with him, that was such like a bizarre time because no one, even though like whatever, he went to jail, this and that, but everyone was like super excited, like for him to, 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 come back. That doesn't happen with, with people. So that was like <laughs> such a, that was such a weird time to, to, you know, to follow wrestling, to, to be involved in, you know, in New Jersey and to, in this area that, that just doesn't happen with people. And the fact that he's still, you know, rocking and rolling and, and being the Nick Gage that everyone knew is just, is just ridiculous. Is that a testament to him? Or is that just, is this just a one in a million thing?
6: Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. He's been around forever too. Like, like what, when did he even debut? It had to be, it was probably almost like 99, 2000,
5: right? I, like he's probably I, I, been
6: in for like 20 years I, and he's been a, top indie guy for that long like it's it's almost amazing that he's never never been given a shot you know what i mean to fucking because everywhere he goes he's over yeah like if he was on like if he showed up on AEW tv wednesday night like i i think like the internet would fucking explode like
2: yeah and i mean to i'm not going to say to like a lesser degree but when you know when eddie kingston showed up like the world the world that was basically a, a you know a week-long movement to get him signed there and then he ended up doing i i'd be hard pressed to to discount that if something like that happened to a nick gauge that it wouldn't be the same thing
6: yeah um that's i was gonna actually compare him being on AEW to like when eddie did because yeah same and they're two very like similar guys you know like cut from like a rough cloth is that the right expression i don't even know uh but yeah, well, you know, rough it's, around it's, it's the a edges hybrid. and everything. Yeah, 100%. yeah, and uh, they're they're yeah, and and their their styles are you know in your face and and brawling, and they're two guys that you just wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley alone, you know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, when that happened to Eddie, I was so happy for him, and so hopefully, yeah, Nick gets that opportunity because you know anyone anyone deserves it. Like that fucking guy's been put through the ringer, and. He's in a better place now, I think, than he ever was ever in his life. So if it's going to happen, I hope it's soon for him. Right. There you go.
0: Well, Mr. Lucky 13, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time tonight. At Neo Shooter on the Twitter machine, give him a follow. And Instagram is, I'm sorry, at, Big Bigwig MJ, Like the punk band.
6: Yeah, they're actually probably pretty pissed at me because they're the band. Big Like, I get tagged as them all the time on there. <laughs> uh Uh, yeah but yeah it's named after the band i literally stole their name
0: that's fantastic it's fucking brilliant uh this weekend um the nick gage invitational saturday november 7th it's a one o'clock start time nice saturday afternoon uh 70 degrees nice yeah if you can't be at the show at the sandlot at the showboat in atlantic city you go to uh fight.tv you order that shit up gcw's giving you a whole weekend full of wrestling so you have zero excuses there's no reason to watch the fucking jets they suck um they're fucking yeah kevin make a face they're fucking oh and eight you you should hope that giants are playing right now how are they doing
6: uh they scored a touchdown to go up seven three right when we started
0: Oh, interesting. They're probably, they're going to lose anyway. Let's not be, let's not be. Uh,
6: and it
5: is,
0: it is still 7-3. Unbelievable, these giants. But you're not going to want to watch football on Sunday. Your team sucks. Uh, if I know any of you, your fantasy teams are shit. You want to watch GCW. Uh, are you, um, you're probably not wrestling Sunday, right?
6: Uh, not as of right now, but we'll see. Like as the COVID test rolls in, if someone, you know, has to pull off or something, mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, I'm going to be there.
0: Good point. I forgot. I almost for like this little bubble that I'm in Monday nights, I forget about the COVID. So, uh, that's yeah. all right, cool. Well, make sure you go to fight.tv or uh, game changer wrestling. You order that shit up. Uh, Nick gauge invitational five is not going to be a letdown. I promise you that. And hopefully you'll see a shooting
6: star to the outside
0: and Mr. Lucky 13, you know, his new tag team partner, at least we not forget won the ECWA super eight. So I'm just saying this could be like a power, a power couple wrestling power couple, the Nick gauge invitational winner champion and the super eight champion.
6: The power couple is exactly what we want to be known as. <laughs> it's
0: 2020. All- Let's do it. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, but but thanks, guys. <laughs>
0: Lucky, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. We'll be rooting for you, and uh, we hope uh, hope things go well. No carpet strips. All right, thanks. No more carpet strips. We're praying for no. you. No.
6: Fuck, okay. <laughs> Fuck those things.
0: Fuck those things. Lucky, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, brother. Have a great night.
2: You well. All right, see ya.
0: Uh, Lucky thirteen at Neo Shooter on the uh, on the Twitter machine, gentlemen. I fucking won the raffle. No fucking way. Yes, fucking way. No wait, way.
2: Wait, 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 wait.
1: Come on now. Get out of here.
0: Nope. I fucking won.
3: I, I, I fucking won. Won. I won. Correct. Ding.
2: Fuck so yeah. you So won. you won a crush mid-on card.
0: And the loose series. a the loose series
2: loose green card.
0: Ah, what a Son fucking of a Congratulations.
2: day. Congratulations. Ah, that's a good that's a good finish for you, buddy. Awesome. My computer continues to break.
1: Well, we are the Shining Wizards, and Matt's a winner
2: tonight. I have Fuck 8% yeah. left. I gotta fix this. Well,
0: Chris, right. Chris Levin was an excellent app, uh, uh, guest. Lucky 13 was an excellent guest. Um, is there, dildo and, Ladder. Oops, what? Dildo Ladder. So you can't dildo beat ladder. the Dildo Ladder.
1: I think he um, liked Milo's dildos gimmick for uh, for Chikara. You know, I think it was a missed opportunity. Uh,
0: a couple news and notes before we wrap up. Dan Housen has officially signed with Ring of Honor. So Ring of Honor's got Dan Housen now. Um, no, like, Ring of Honor crowned their first Perch pure champion since 2006. I'm not going to spoil it for, anything, uh, for anyone because I'm sure people still want to watch it. But uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Tracy Williams. Definitely check that out. Uh, the MLW restart is less than three weeks away, Tony.
1: November eighteenth, right? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Uh,
0: Laredo Kid will be part of it. Davy Boy Smith Jr. will be part of it. Contrary to popular belief, because he had some issues during the pandemic, uh, where he didn't want to be part of MLW anymore.
3: They fucked me.
0: Uh, and it seems like they're doing a storyline where the MLW roster has struck back against Contra Unit and regained control of MLW headquarters.
1: Dude, fucking Hammerstone and the Von ericks they're putting their differences aside, dude. They're fucking going to take them down. It's crazy. I think there might even be a little more dissension and tension uh, between the remaining members of Dynasty as well. We'll have to see how that plays out.
2: That's a tag team name if I ever heard one. Dissension and tension. Hey. Someone's got to trademark that, bad boy.
1: What did Matt call Lucky and uh, the very good pro wrestler? What did he call him? The power couple? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they run with that. That'd be awesome.
2: Anyway, Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt's confirming. Matt's confirming with the, the raffle. With the
0: I, raffle know, I'm, I am just making sure I am the, some
1: fucking the devils during the fucking during the show.
0: No, no, we're good. I just got to send a message. I will be taking a clean evil crush mint on card with the rest of series 11 loose. The only issue well, is op- the, were there other options. Uh Evil Crush Mint on card, Million Dollar Man Series One and Nine, Macho Man Series One with the One Two Three Kid with the Hairline Crack and the Choice of Either Adam Bomb Borga or a Yoko Loose, a Dusty Mint on card, uh Taker Yoko Brett and Bomb Mint on card.
2: Bomb. Damn it. I I would safe to say you picked the right one. Nah,
0: I gotta finish my collection, bro. Come on. That's it. I'm fucking jazzed up about this. Uh something we're not jazzed up about. Beyond Wrestling has canceled um the shows this weekend in Atlantic City. Uh and for the foreseeable future, uh they are uh I don't want to say closing, but they're taking a break.
1: Operations. They're ceasing operations
0: yeah. for the time. So that's unfortunate. Seth LJ.
1: Drew, Drew will figure out a way back.
0: I hope so. Uh, Tony, do you want to do picks? Do you want to do games? Do you want to do anything? Or you just want to pull this train to the station? And we could do our picks.
1: Oh, yeah. fucking, I don't want to park the train, dude. I'm fucking done. I, we had, can a nice
0: little, I had a nice little list. Oh,
1: save it for next week. I've been saving my questions for two weeks now. It is what it is.
2: We, we did questions last week.
1: No, no we, we didn't. didn't. We did top five last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did questions last week. Trust All me. Right.
0: Well, we are the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to Chris Levin and uh, Lucky 13 for joining us tonight. Uh, Special thanks to Tony and Kevin for jumping in on another episode of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Thank you. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Wizards Podcast. We hope a lot of you watch this on the Facebook uh, and you enjoyed it um we'll be back next week with episode 506 make sure you use the manscape.com promo code wizards at checkout save yourself 20 percent pro wrestling forward slash shining wizards get your t-shirts over at pro and oh. uh rate review subscribe
1: Quick shout out. I got my stuff from the uh, Mikey Whipwreck Etsy collection. Mikey Whipwreck's trying to raise some money for his back, for his surgeries, for all these medical bills he's got. He's got some good shit over there. Matt and I both got some pins. I know Matt was able to snag a signed action figure. Uh, I got myself an autographed picture with the TV belt. It's kind of cool. Made out to Tony, his favorite wizard. So that's fucking good shit. So go support those guys. And support everybody. They they just had their second year anniversary over at uh, Front Row Material. So good on them i know they're doing the live thing now too so support those guys and support everybody on the shiny wizards network because we got some great shows for you lots of great shows for you and we're gonna help kevin get a new plug for his macbook i think kevin's done
2: Uh, i'll get i'll get i'll put the order in as soon as i get off uh off here with you guys that's cool hopefully hopefully it won't take too long
1: Matt, anything else? Kev, anything else? Anything else? Uh, I mean, I
2: got a show on Thursday.
1: Fuck yeah, plug that shit.
2: Well, I mean, we'll see if I even go, but it's uh, at the Crossroads in Garwood, New Jersey. That's where we had one of our most career-defining moments, shows there, live podcast. Uh, so yeah, Crossroads is Thursday. It's basically a Dumb Dumbfellas reunion. I don't, get, I don't know if you guys remember that little vehicle. What's that? What's the Dumbfellas? Uh, me, Rich, Joe. Natty and KP all will be in the house this Thursday at Crossroads. So check it out, Garwood, New Jersey. It'll be a good time. In your face. That 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 was from
1: Garwood. In your
0: face. That's it. Uh, big weekend, big weekend of pro wrestling. Make sure you watch AEW Full Gear, New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle. Uh, we'll maybe throw these picks up on uh, the social medias at a later date and time. Uh, we'll be back next week with another humdinger. The road to nine years, three weeks away, people. Ooh, baby. Three wow. weeks away. So we got a lot of lot of fun planned, a lot of surprises, as I mentioned earlier. I already, I get a I already got my right. surprise guest all lined up, y'all. Hope you like Good it. Good for you.
2: I got to go because I'm at 2%. Your Mac will sleep unless plugged into a power
0: outlet.
1: Awesome. Good night, Gracie.
0: Why? 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 Why can't we have our own thing? Why? <laughs> Good why night, man. why do you have to steal from them? They don't even support us. The only one that bothers to give us a dollar is Jay. Not that fucking J. That's a that's a turnbuckle thing? Oh yeah, that's a turnbuckle thing. Tony's a turnbuckle homer. He misses his him and Phil don't get to rub their bellies together anymore. Don't get me
2: wrong, I enjoy I enjoyed checking in on the Facebook, but Tony, you're actually taken right from the show? I do it to piss Matt off, just like I'm about to do this. Good night, everyone on Facebook
1: land. Thanks for joining us.
0: Nobody cares. Uh-huh. You fucking hump. They don't support the Shining Wizards. If you right. don't support the Shining Wizards, you're dead to me, you filthy savages.
1: We're already off the uh, live stream.
0: So. We're not off the rant. Loft? Suck a no, bag. Just-
1: yeah,
4: suck these nuts.